Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, it's me and T-Rex today. What up? Uh, Ellenberger is getting in Omaha. He's getting laid. No, he's not. Uh, well, he might be getting laid, but but, but he's <laughs> but he's with his brother. His, his brother had gotten laid, and now uh, <laughs> his uh, his brother's wife is having her second kid. Well, at least some Ellenberger's getting some. Yes. So uh, congratulations to Joe Ellenberger. Um, Congrats, and Joey. Kid and and I'm, I'm sure Jake's having a good time. And then Jake's going to Dallas. He's going to UFC 171 this week. Nice. Yes, lucky guy. Lucky bastard. Uh, I had a good week. My, my, my week was pretty good. I um, I had shows every night of the week. Saturday night, Friday night, I was at the John Lovitz Comedy Club, and Big John was there. He came nice. and supported. It was great seeing Big John McCarthy. Big John. What a, always a good guy. Always a good guy. Uh, he was there. Carla Esparza showed up. Uh, really? Man, she looked... Carla, when she gets done up... She's a hot girl. Like you don't. I mean, she's she, a, is she super feisty though? I, I you know when she's drunk, she's out of her mind. Like she, <laughs> she like ran on stage one time when I was on right. comedy, and she's a little wild. When she's drunk, she's definitely like, you know, I, I think the Irish in her comes out, you know. Right. But uh, but she's a little adorable. But she's with this girl. I think her name Shawnee Shawnee Rush. Her name is another jujitsu girl who's trying out for the Ultimate Fighter. Who's smoking hot? Not the Carla. It, Carla's hot too. But I, I know Carla more like a friend. Right. You know, she's like adorable. She has a boyfriend, uh, also as well. Um, but there's another girl that she was with that is also smoking hot. Like, uh, and together I have, I have a picture with both of them. Am I? Am I? Nice. That I, that I have on my uh, wall, actually. Um, so, um, but yeah, so uh, so it was cool seeing them. Uh, the show was good, and then R.J. Might showed up. R.J. Mitty from Breaking Bad. Yeah, it was it was a very he was there with this guy with, with this guy who I know who produces porn, Craven Moorhead. Craven, Craven Moorhead, and Moorhead, and and Walt Jr. were hanging out. Right. It was, a, it was a fun. I did shows every night of the week. It was. Uh, it was a fun. No, that wasn't the girl she was with. It was. It's, it's on my Twitter page. It's this blonde. If you go to uh, that, uh, I think I have a picture. DJ wants to know. Whenever I mention a hot girl, our producer DJ, ex- I'm all over it. He's all over it. <laughs> Whenever I say, "Give me a stat or something," nothing. But uh, right here, this is a. Oh, good for her. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so here's say? here's the, here's the picture. Uh, Yum yum. But I actually yum. um uh, yeah it shows every night uh, the, the show before I was kind of I was uh, it was kind of bummed out because it was at the John Lovitz Club and I get there and there's 25 softball a softball team female from, f- female from a Catholic no a male softball team yeah uh, they yeah, have male softball teams they do but there was a college <laughs> for a, a, at a, a Christian school from Pennsylvania that was with their parents and they uh. and, they know, and no one tells me this before I get on stage they're looking at me like I'm the devil you know because I'm <laughs> right. telling them all how much I want to bang them and it's just one of those things that was oh god it, it was half the crowd was dying laughing the other and half the other half was half, Christian on spikes. Uh, yeah, we may have, we, we may have to edit that one out, but 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 yeah, but it was. Uh, so anyway, uh, I hurt my arm, dude. My my arm is screwed up, T Rex. What did you do? 
Uh, man, this is very embarrassing. Um, oh, no. Was it having to do with pleasuring yourself? No, no. Yeah, trying to hold a cell phone up to get reception? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, 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 that was last week. But, no, I, um, I have two cats and a dog, you know, because I get in, I had from the ex-girlfriends. I had my ex-girlfriend wanted to get cats, so we got these cats, and then, you know, we, we break up, and then I, now I have two cats. Well, right? why, if it was her idea, then why didn't she get to keep Well, it was kind of my idea. All right, so, but... <laughs> It was. It well, was. A, no, I was on Facebook. I was on Facebook, and someone's like, "They're gonna kill this cat in three seconds if no one takes it." So, <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, like, let me watch." You yeah, fell I'm, for it. So I'm like, oh, "I fell for it, right?" So I get this cat. I didn't realize it was a feral cat, which means it was living in someone's backyard. It was a wild cat, and then this lady was throwing rocks at it. So then I have this cat. <laughs> That's like scared of everything, right? So this cat's like hiding behind my couch for like four months. I'm thinking it's gonna be this friendly cat. This cat wants nothing to do with anything. Very, very pretty cat. But so then everyone's like, you gotta get another cat to make sure that cat. So I'm like, uh, is you know behaves better. So then I get another cat, right? So now I have two cats. Not knowing that the other one was feral, and now they no. formed a gang and they're beating your ass on a daily basis. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I don't know how you took the words out of my mouth, but no. So these two cats, the other cat's very sweet, Frankie and Carmen. I called her Carmen because I couldn't find her. Carmen said. Diego, right, where in the world? Yeah. So then, of course, the ex-girlfriend, who's uh, so we break up, me and that one, right? Then, and then I have a new girlfriend who then gets jealous because me and she thinks that associates the, the cat cats with, with my ex, and she's like, "Oh, I'm like the stepmother." So then she has to wow. get, a, so she has to get a dog, right, to like cement her thing, right? So she brings oh, home this like God. this dog who was used as bait for fighting pit bulls. So now I have two cats and a dog, right, in my apartment. It's me and and three animals, right? So I'm yet yeah, anyway. Fast forward to last week. I'm taking the, the the things to get clean, the cats and the dog, and I have the two cats and this thing, and I have the dog, and I I, I lift it up and I yank my arm, and I'm like, oh no, I, and I just <laughs> threw out my arm, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm in pain. That's the, if anybody wants to text me or tweet me, how do I get rid of this pain in my arm? Right. It, it's like I yanked it pretty hard. I've actually it's been hurting. I've been hurt when I lift it and. So, but on another note, you can also twist this around into a good thing. How? Well, someone says, how'd you hurt your arm? You say, I hurt my arm picking up pussy. <laughs> I could definitely say that. But I've actually named my pets after my exes. Like, I have needy bipolar intervention. Those are the names of my, my, my pets. Bipolar <laughs> um, intervention. But, but yeah, so that's, uh, so that, that's that. So that, that was my... Uh, a week and then uh, did you, how was your week? Did you have a good week? What did you do? Yeah, I had a show at the uh, at the Improv on Friday night. With uh, it was pretty funny because it was uh, me, Ahmed Ahmed, um, Kayvon, and uh, um, Amir K. Oh, so it was all Persian. It, it was all you? Persian dudes and a black dude. So I, I, the first thing I said when I got on stage, I was like, "This is like a racist nightmare." <laughs> like a, a race. I can imagine a racist talking about this show. It's like, yeah, I went down to the Improv. On Friday night, I seen me a show. There was four N words. Oh no! Yeah, three sand and one regular. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, but I actually used the N word. The crowd must have been crazy. Oh, they were going ballistic. <laughs> three, three sand and one regular. That's funny, man. Yeah, we had a great show, and then uh, my wife and like these three other couples, we went out for one of my buddy's birthday, and so. Um, got hammered, and it was funny because one of the one of the guys that came out with us is the next door neighbor of the dude whose birthday it was. He's a he's LAPD, and, uh, and he's a, he's an Asian cat. And we were on Hollywood or on Highland, and this car comes flying up behind us. We're in the left lane. This dude comes across the yellow line and swoops in front of us. And so my buddy, who's the cop, is driving. 
uh, he's like, look at this. So he gets behind him and starts flashing the high beams, right? So the dude in the car that cut us off swerves over to the right lane wow. and rolls down his window. And he was like, you know, saying, like, roll your window down, roll your window down. And so my buddy in the passenger seat rolled his window down. And he was like, what the F do you want? And he was like, yo, man, you're flashing high beams. You got a problem? My buddy that was driving was like, yeah, you need to learn how to F and drive. And he was like, he was like, what you, what you want to do about it? And my buddy in the passenger side said, pull over. Oh, no. And, yeah, my buddy oh. was like, pull over. And so then my buddy who's driving, the cop, his girlfriend was like, pull over, motherfucker, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this dude probably doesn't know that this guy's LAPD and packing. Of and so, course. Right. So then my buddy who's in the passenger said, pull over. You know, you talk a smack, pull over. And the guy that was driving him, like, realized that he was probably up against something. So he was like, man, you're lucky my girl's in the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, if you drive, why are you driving like an asshole yeah. with your girl in the car? So That, that guy that, was smart, though, yeah, in some ways. Because it, it would have ended bad for him. Yeah, well, it would have ended real bad. <laughs> uh, by the way, on, on uh, so we got to talk about the fights. Uh, from you, you watched the fights from England? Of course. We got yes, good. Yeah. Really, yeah. wow. It's <laughs> hey. a shocker. Hey. Who would have thought this is an MMA podcast? Right. We watch the fights. We got to we got to talk about the fights from England. Uh, we got to talk about this uh, big Twitter feud. We're gonna cover UFC 171. Uh, Tyson Griffin and John Jones went at it on Twitter. Uh, Michael Bisbing tweeted me something funny. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff we got to get to. Uh, first, though, we have uh, Ryan Couture. Yeah, that's on my the buddy. show, and uh, so we're gonna talk to Ryan. And then we have uh, then we have a half hour break, so we're gonna cover all that <laughs> in the half hour. Uh, but let's call Ryan right now. Let's call Ryan. Rhino. All right. So our first guest is a uh, super nice guy, tough as hell. He's uh, a tough dude. Uh, great fighter. Beat up my friend Connor Hewn, which I will never forgive him for. Uh, but he's. Uh, he comes to my shows. He comes to your shows, uh, and he's uh, he's a very interesting guy. Ryan Couture, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. What's going on, Ryan's T Rex? Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? So, Ryan, you just come. Real good. Real good. You just you just got done training. Yep, just finished up uh, working some pads with uh, my kickboxing coach Tim, and, and now I'm gonna go get some lunch, and then I got to work later on tonight. So nice. Are you still working over at uh, Extreme Couture? Yep, holding down the front desk, making sure it doesn't walk away. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now, Ryan. Um, by the way, uh, you, you are one of the toughest people, man. I, I've 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 seen in your last fight with Al Iaquinta. Man, uh, I was watching that again last night. Man, how uh, how hurt were you? I mean, were you how 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 much did it hurt the next day? I mean, how did you absorb those punches, man? Uh, you know, I was pretty beat up, but it was mostly superficial. I wasn't. Uh... You know, I wasn't feeling too horrible the next few days, just was annoyed to have stitches in my nose and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put the pressure on. He hits pretty hard, but, but you know, having been cracked in the face by Ross Pearson and K.J. Noons, the two previous fights, I guess I was sort of well-prepared for that. Jeez. Um, so, you know, i, I got to learn how to not get hit so much, I think, is, is the big thing I'm taking from that introduction. Have you, have you been working on your boxing more? Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to switch up, uh, switch up my style a little bit and play more to my strengths, which are the, the clinch game and the, and the grappling, and, and try and force that rather than. Uh, I think I got a little too excited about my footwork and dancing around trying to play that outside kickboxing game, which is fine. I'm okay at, but but uh, it doesn't look great on the judges' cards if you're backing up too much. And, and uh, I had some bad habits built up that were causing me to wander into those big right hands and, and to absorb all that punishment. So. 
just trying to tighten things up and start focusing back on on uh, playing to my strengths and and going where I'm most comfortable, which is which is inside and and engaged in the clinch and and preferably on the ground grappling. Right. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I remember, the, by the way, off the topic, uh, I remember last time you came to my show, you had a, a really hot chick with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that was your girlfriend or, or what. Are you, are, are you st- uh, still with that girl? Not anymore, no. She, she was my girlfriend for quite a while, but we split up. I'm actually now engaged to someone even better. Nice so. work. Yeah, go ahead, Rhino. <laughs> you uh, traded up. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you're, I mean, when's it, have, have, have you got a date set or you just sort of, how long have you been with this girl for? Uh, we've been together now for, we've known each other for probably three and a half years or so. Uh, we met through the, the charity that I work with and, and uh, we're just friends for a long time. And then uh, when I ended up single again and she did too, we started hanging out and uh, so we've been together for a year and a half now, I think. And nice. uh, we getting married in October. Oh, there you go. Am I invited, am I invited to the wedding, man? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm putting him on the spot. That's right. Me and Adam are going to do a two-man show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm not very good at weddings. If you look at uh, Comedian Attacked at Wedding yeah. on YouTube, you can see my uh, my, my uh, wedding work. Really? I got attacked at a wedding. Oh, I've seen it. Did you really? It. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> I got attacked for doing... Like physically? Co- yeah, physically. They told me to roast everybody at the wedding, and I started roasting, and then some guy got angry and charged me. It was just, it's, I don't know, this whole thing. Now, uh... Yeah, people people get a little censored about that. You don't you don't probably want to get a, get attacked at my wedding. There's some uh, right. There's a lot of guys there that can kick ass. Oh hell no! I am not. Yeah, screw that. Has <laughs> a Randy coming after you? Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, now how many times has your ha- has your dad been married? Do you do you absolutely know or? <laughs> uh, as far as I know, only three, and that he's uh, he's sworn it off now. So. Oh, is he now? Is he still with that same with like the the blonde girl that he met at the bar, like the rodeo bar? She was a waitress. That one, that she seemed very sweet. Um, I'd have to describe any number of, of women. <laughs> he, he's always with a blonde girl. So, uh, now have you met all your moms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I don't. I don't know if I haven't met them all. No, I mean seriously. I mean he's been married three times. Uh, now, now you grew up where? You, you grew up in, in Washington, correct? Uh, yeah, for the most part. We moved around a lot when we were younger, but then when my parents split up, my mom took uh, took us kids up to Washington to be closer to her family. So you grew up in Washington. Now, now was it hard growing up having your dad be not, uh, Randy Couture? I mean, were kids like, oh, you know? I mean, were kids the kid, were kids like want to test you because they could say they beat up Randy's son? Uh, no. He didn't even start fighting until I was already a freshman in high school, and then at that time the sport was so new that most people didn't even know what it was. So we get lots of stupid questions like, "Is that the one where one guy dies at the end?" And you know, there's no rules. And so just trying to explain what the hell it even was to people, and then because people didn't understand it or know what it was, they they somehow I think assumed that I was scary and tough because he was, which couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, so people mostly just left me alone. Now, was there a lot of pressure for you as far as, like, I know it's, it's got to be hard being Michael Jordan's son, and it's got to be hard being this guy's son. I know it's got to be hard being Jim Belushi. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely hard being certain people. Was it hard that, that your father was just such a great athlete and so tough and such a good fighter? Did you, did you feel pressure on, on, uh, on, on you to kind of follow in his footsteps? Uh, not so much that. I think uh, it, there's a lot more attention on me. Uh, on anything I do in the sport because of it. And, and uh, people come in with a lot of, you know, preconceived ideas of what I'm going to be like based on what he's like. And, you know, I think on a 
personality level, a lot of those are fairly accurate. But uh, but when it comes to fighting, I, I do things quite a bit differently than he does. So it's always kind of fun to see people get surprised after this and fight for the first time that, that I'm not the same as he was. Um, but more than anything, it's opened a lot of doors and given me a lot of opportunities in the sport. And, and uh, you know, I think the positives have far outweighed any, any sort of irritating, you know, people expecting something specific from me because of him any any of the, the baggage that comes along with it was there a lot of like chicks that you hooked up with because of who your dad was or do you think it, like, uh, like, <laughs> uh no not not growing up i think maybe a little bit of extra attention from the ladies once i moved to vegas because of it but but uh but no that's never been a huge thing did you, t- did you take a did you take advantage of it or no yeah, it kind of turns me off. Usually, if I if I catch that vibe at all, I, I just sort of check out and, and move on to something more interesting. Man, you're way too deep of a guy, man. You're you're you like you have a lot of character, Ryan. I I, I totally respect <laughs> that about you, man. You you definitely uh, you know you you're one of these guys that I feel, I feel like you know you're young. What you're like thirty something, but you you have a lot of wisdom, and uh, I've always got that vibe from you. Uh, now let, let's go through some of your your uh, now now you were a um, a math major in college, correct? And and but you wrestled in high school. You were you were third in the state of Washington. Did you wrestle at all in college? No, the school that I ended up going to didn't have a program. Um, I was pretty burnt out by the end of that that last year of high school wrestling. I, I had a really hard time making weight and just was pretty miserable that whole season. So as soon as I was done, I just wanted to go nuts and eat pizza and drink beer and uh, and. So there were a couple of junior colleges that expressed interest in having me, but, but I didn't really want to go that route. So I just picked the, the college that I was most interested in, in going to, and, and I had a lot of friends that were going there and um, went and just had fun and enjoyed the college experience and got fat and out of shape and didn't really take very good care of myself. So, sounds, sounds like me. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, <laughs> sounds like T-Rex's Monday. So, um, <laughs> so, so four years, you, you go to college, you don't do any type of – you know, sports or anything. You're not doing jujitsu. You're not boxing. Then you get out of college and you become an accountant, right? Or you worked at a bank. Uh, I got a yeah, I got a bank teller job and then was kind of working my way up that that ladder, um, which was fine. But you know, I didn't really, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, and over the course of that time, decided I was sick of being a fat slob and, and just feeling gross all the time. So I, I started uh, eating a little better and exercising and trying to trying to shed some pounds and get back in shape. And uh, while I was doing that, I happened to actually run into some guys at the bank that I recognized from high school wrestling. And they're like, hey, man, one time, you know, you should come out. We've been doing some jits on the weekends over at the Gold's Gym. we got a wrestling mat there. And I just, you know, get a little grappling and screw around. It would be fun to have you out. So I started doing that and, and just sort of fell in love with it all over again. Wow, I mean, that's hard, man. It's hard to take four years off after college and then come and then make it, even make it to the UFC. Hell yeah! And you know, make it to you know Strikeforce and beat you know some top-notch guys. I, I give you a lot of credit, man. I appreciate that. Thanks. Hey, hey Ryan, man, what what's your idea of fat? I'm out of shape. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. I was uh, I was a little over 200 pounds, I think. By the time you were never 200 pounds. About it. Wow, really? Yep. I need to see and a it picture. Wasn't, uh, it wasn't a strong 200 pounds. I was probably less muscle on the Well, I mean, right now, you don't look like you have a strong 150. So I can't imagine strong. <laughs> yeah, what are you walking around at right now? Uh, probably about 175 right now. Wow. That's, that, still, that's still pretty jacked. Yeah, but if you look at Ryan, I mean, I mean, you're obviously a great fighter, a tough dude. But you're, like, if you look at your physique, 
to the other guys that you fight, I'm like, Ryan's going to get killed. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, try not, I try not to make that comparison. It never works out well. <laughs> <laughs> but you somehow pull it off. Um, now, uh, a bunch of things. Now, when you made it to Strike Force, you, you, so you make it to, so you say, I, I want to become a fighter. Now, oh, uh, now, was your dad supportive of this? Or... Yeah, absolutely. He he was just happy to see me enjoying it and and you know kind of going about it the right way and not just doing it because he did it or you know I think he he was just stoked to see me find something that I was passionate about and it happened to also be something he's passionate about so it gave us that that sort of common bond and and I, I think he was real excited about it from from that perspective but you know I think if I had never even expressed an interest in it he would have been totally supportive of that too. So was he around for you a lot as a child or no? Yeah, growing up, uh, you know, he traveled for wrestling trips all the time, but but we saw him tons and had a great relationship. And, you know, it, it, it sucked when he and mom didn't work out and, and we got to see him less, but we still would, would go visit him on school breaks and during the summer and, and spend a lot of time with him then. So well, he was always around. Now, when he was dating Kimmy Couture, was it hard that you were older than her? <laughs> <laughs> she still got a couple of years on me, but, but yeah, that was a little, took a little getting used to. I mean, right? I mean, wasn't she like a, a senior when you were a freshman? <laughs> that could be, actually. I'm, I'm not sure. I never did the math on that, but I, I think she's maybe five or six years older than I am. I mean, was that was that sort of strange? I mean, I mean, was it kind of you like dad? You know, uh, he's probably proud of his dad. Like, yeah, dad. I mean, did you take Kimmy's friend to the prom or something? Was it? Did you guys both double date? <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't really think about it at all at that time. It was. It was real weird, and especially for my sister when uh, after he and Kim split up, and he was kind of swinging back the other way that he brought home a twenty-four-year-old. That that threw us for a loop. Oh my god. Okay, so you Ra- are, Randy is my hero. Uh, wait. So <laughs> so wait 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 wait. wait T Rex, we not interrupt. I got to hear this story. All right. Sorry. So, okay. So so all right. You and your sister are hanging out. And, and wait, how old are uh, you guys? You guys are what? 28, 29? She turns thirty this year, and I'll be thirty-two. So, but when Randy brought home the the twenty-four-year-old, uh, how old were you guys? Oh, at the time, see, that's probably been uh, it's got to be about four years ago now. So, so I'd have been twenty-seven. Amy was twenty-five. Twenty-seven, twenty-five. So, Randy brings home a, t- a girl that's two years younger than you, and and yep. th- and three years younger than your sister. And tell me what. So, what 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 happens here? How does this go down? Ah, we just kind of didn't know what to make of it and and she was sort of a, a handful anyway it was was kind of a hot mess and and uh you know I, amy was just kind of horrified and and <laughs> tried to stay away from it um and i just would make fun of her a lot because she was not real bright so you'd have to babysit your mom basically uh, your mom <laughs> <laughs> yep wow when your dad brought her home were you like dad's hooking me up he's bringing some home for me <laughs> um She's mine, right? So wait, so you were teasing her? I mean, you're teasing her, and were you like, hey, <laughs> was uh, Randy like, hey, leave my girlfriend alone? Uh, was that, did, what no, did you... you just sit back and laugh. And, and... <laughs> I love that guy even more now. <laughs> figured we were sort of jawing back and forth and bantering, and that was going to be how it would be. So, so what did you say to her? Oh, hell, I don't remember. It's been a long time. Now, when, uh, when they break up, did she like was she was, she, was uh, she crying? Did she write you like things on Facebook? I mean, how did it go? Did she what? She change her status update? What what happened when she she did, she she took a pouty face selfie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember being around for that. I think I think they were they were traveling at the time, so I think she kind of dropped her off back home and and uh, and then 
he went on about his, his business. Nice. This is that this this is great. This is good. By the way, this is going to be like the the the, the, the uh, threading on the thing. Ryan Gator says it was awkward when Dad brought home a twenty four year old. <laughs> just just so you oh, know. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get that phone call from Dad. Oh, nice. Now, um, now, is, now, <laughs> but was it hard like watching your dad like lose fights? I I I, I would assume that if like my dad was fighting and I watched him get like knocked out by Machito or Brock or hurt, it would really be hard for me as a son. Was it hard for you to watch that? Um, it, it was really, really tough, especially back like when it was the, the second and third fights with Chuck were really, were really rough. But then once I had started training and competing myself, I understood it a little better and it was easier to watch. And, and I was actually in his corner for the Machida fight and, you know, it sucks. It's still, it's still a bummer, but, but it's a different feeling. It's more like when one of your teammates loses than, than, you know, being out in the crowd and, and being worried about your family member being seriously injured, you know once I understood a little better what it was and I'd been hit in the head hard a few times, uh, it, it wasn't as emotionally difficult. Now, did you tell your dad, like, it doesn't matter, dad, I, I like, love you. You're, you're like the best. I mean, did you, I, I would, I, 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 I would think that if I lost and my son said something to me like that, that would actually make me happier or cheer me up. I mean, what did you say to your dad after, after he lost? You got knocked up. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just always, you know, was there and, and let him know it, it didn't make a difference in, in, how I feel about him, I'm always proud of him, and, and, you know, he's, regardless of anything that ever happened in his career, he was always going to be my favorite fighter anyway, so. Yeah, you know, that, that's awesome. That was never something that, uh, never something that, that any of us had to worry about, so. Yeah, your dad's you know, a legend. It's, it's just, well, what a nice guy, too. Oh, my God. I mean, that, the whole thing with whole, the whole fallout with him and Dana White, and then not being able to work your corner, I mean, how, talk, tell us about that. That, that sucked. It, it, it all was really, uh, you know, I thought kind of silly and, and and honestly sort of petty for them to get that upset about him making a business decision that, that financially made the most sense for him, you know, for them to take it as personally as they did and make it into such a big thing I, I thought was just silly. But, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't change what my job was. It's just a bummer not to be able to have someone who's been in your corner for your whole career there that, you know, it definitely has an effect when you when you lose that voice that you're used to listening for. Um, but you know, it's, it was their decision to make, and, and that's what they did. And, and regardless of how we felt about it, we just had to roll with it. Do you think it made a difference in, in uh, the Ross Pearson fight or the uh, Ally Aquinta fight? Um, I don't know that it would have changed the outcome, but I definitely would have felt better going into both those fights if uh, if he had been there with me. Yeah, the Ross Pearson fight. I thought you 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 won the first round. You looked great. You just got you got caught. You know, um, how much did that hurt? I felt like I I felt like I kind of ran out of steam between rounds there. I don't know if uh, if there was something we needed to change in the preparation for the camp, or if it was just a matter of nerves and, and stress. You know, traveling overseas and fighting in front of such a big crowd against such an you know an opponent I knew so much about and respected so much. Or you know, there was a lot going on leading up to that fight. So. You had Frank Trigg in your corner, well, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Trigg was there, and, and he was great. And, and uh, you know, I always enjoy training and working with him. But um, but it would always, you know, having Dad there always just kind of keeps me a little more calm and a little more comfortable. Did Frank tell you to choke in between rounds? Was that one of his? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't have to say it. <laughs> I, I love Frank Trigg. He's a, he's a good dude. He, he's a, he's a, a, a really good friend of mine. And uh, I love Frank. And I couldn't believe, I, I would have bet the house on, against you, Ryan. No offense. But I, like Connor, uh, Connor Hume was like, you know, we, we both coach wrestling together. He's a great guy. He was coming off that big win. He was a big favorite against you. 
And uh, you were the first guy to ever stop Connor Hewn uh, in Strike Force ever. Uh, take us, yep. take us through, through uh, that fight. Or- uh, that one, you know, we we were real fired up. We knew he was a huge step in, up in competition for me, and I, I'd seen him fight a, a handful of times over the years, and always just respected how damn tough he is, and and knew that I had to be ready to to throw everything I had at him for 15 straight minutes because there was no chance he was going to stop coming forward and and stop pushing the action. So, you know, that really motivated me in training. We we got a great camp in for that fight, and and uh, you know, just everything worked out. Uh, I, I I somehow managed to just kind of feel a step ahead through almost that entire fight, and everything was was working, and it really couldn't have gone any better for me. I was it was an honor to get to get in there and fight him, and then to have that outcome was yeah, that was super I, that was super impressive, man. Uh, and then the KJ Noon fight, very close, very controversial decision. Uh, you got the nod, yep. very, very close. Another guy who I thought was a step up for you, you know, uh, KJ is a huge veteran. Uh, I mean, you were you were really on a, on a on a on a, a, a roll. I know you lo- you got cut recently from the UFC. What's your plan for now? Like, what's your uh, future? WSOF. Um, <laughs> we've talked to them a little bit. We've had some interest from Legacy and Titan uh, also. I uh, I fought in January for Battlegrounds. That's uh, Kenny Monday's show down in Oklahoma. Um, so they're trying to make some moves and, and actually just got the one man or one night eight man tournament reinstated. So they're going to be doing some big shows with with that format coming up. Um, I don't know that I'd be interested in doing a tournament, but but I definitely would be open to fighting for them again as well. So we've got some some irons in the fire, and and right now I'm just trying to train and improve and, and shore up some of the weaknesses that I showed in the, in those UFC fights and and. Uh, work my way back up to the top is, now is uh pile still bullying you at the uh, gym or no <laughs> uh he's actually been over at syndicate now he's he's got some some coaches and, and training partners over there that have been taking good care of him and obviously the, the success he's had speaks for itself but um so so i haven't uh had the misfortune of running into him on the man in a while <laughs> no i i remember you saying that when you said you wanted to become a uh, pro fighter that like pile and those guys they were really trying to test you and in some ways, doing you a favor by really pushing you hard, but like beating you up a little bit, right? Oh yeah, all those guys used to put it on me pretty good. Campman and Haran and uh, Pyle used to get a lot of good goes with Tyson Griffin when he was still out here. Catch the occasional beating from Gray. You know, I think that that did a lot for me. Uh, it took years off of my life, but but did a lot for making me into the 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 tough iron bastard that I am. Yeah, no, I mean, that, do you think those guys were, like, going extra hard because they wanted to, like, sort of looked at you as, like, oh, okay, well, we'll see if this guy's really out for fighting, cut out for fighting? They do that for everybody. I mean, any time somebody new steps on the mat with those guys, they're going to check you and, and test you and really put it to you. And then if you take your beating like a man and you come back and, and want to learn from it, then they become great teammates. And that's, that's just how you earn their respect, so... Have you ever That's, taken? It? Uh, I don't think I got it any different than anybody else. You ever taken a beating that didn't that made you not want to come back? Um, there was a day back when I was still an amateur where I think uh, Tyson kicked me square out, shin in the jaw, and just about knocked me out. And then Martin bounced his fist off my head for about five straight minutes, and then Kyle <laughs> threw a spinning back kick that hit me low in the cup. So that was like back-to-back rounds, and I was pretty ready to hang him up after that practice. <laughs> that was all in one practice? Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, my God. What's the craziest Extreme Couture gym story that you, you could tell us? I mean, we heard about the time that uh, you guys beat up Team Takedown, <laughs> but is there another one? <laughs> uh, 
way back, you know, the first couple of years the gym was open when when Tompkins was still running the show. There used to be green light green light days. They would call them every so often where someone would come in, you know, with a bad attitude or running their mouth, and and we'd say, okay, just come back four o'clock for the pro practice, and and the guys would get the heads up that that this person needed an attitude adjustment. So um, the the one that I can vaguely remember is uh, it, it was always. Uh, Jay and Pyle were the the ringleaders for that. They just were sadistic <laughs> about it. Um, but uh, we were doing Shark Tank rounds, so you get a press guy on you every minute. And they threw this dude in with I think it was Jay and Mike and Gray and and I don't remember who else, but Jay got him and and was just beating the brakes off him. And, and the guy was actually trying to climb out of the ring between the ropes to get away from it. And Jay was punching between the ropes and tagging this guy in the face. Wow, to push him back in. Was it over him? <laughs> <laughs> so he he called and complained the next day. But oh wow, uh, who was this guy? Do you I mean, is he a pro fighter now? No, it was just some guy that wandered in off the street saying he was you know four hundred and zero and and wanted oh to make sure God. we had enough talent to test him and just really ran his mouth and, and rubbed some of the coaches the wrong day. So they're like, all right, you know what, you need to come back this afternoon and and we'll see what you got. What happened with uh what what happened with Overeem and uh, at your uh, gym? How come he didn't st- uh, st- stay over there? Um, I don't remember there being anything specific. I, I think just he was looking for, you know, to kind of build everything around him. He needed to be the center of attention, and, and the way that we were set up, we just couldn't quite accommodate everything that that he needed to to sort of set his camp up. There wasn't anything really bad that happened, or any falling out, or anything like that. He just decided that he had a better uh, a better opportunity and a better setup with how they were running things down in Florida. Is there any is there any falling out you could tell us about? Some kind of fresh gossip that we like to hear? <laughs> no. Oh. Nothing uh, nothing worth talking about. Oh, come on. Well, look, being something. that is Ray is Ray still training over at uh, Extreme Couture? Ray Stefan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I would think that that would have, kind of have like an impact on you going over to World Series. Is that that's not the case? Yeah, it definitely uh, it definitely is is a reason I would be comfortable going there, and, and I know they take good care of me. It's it's just been in my manager's hands to try and work everything out and come up with the the deal that makes the most sense. Right. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep keep busy consistently and and uh, and make a living. So not get. Uh, I think our only potential concern, possibly with with the World Series, is I'm not sure how busy they could keep me. If I could only get, you know, two, maybe if I'm lucky, three fights a year in with them, then, then that's not going to work just to, to pay my bills and everything. So, right. so that's the only thing that I think I'd be hesitant to, to jump into an exclusive deal with anybody right now. Is, is But there's always the front desk at a stream school tour. Yes, it's a real cash cow for me. <laughs> is it true your dad once celebrated your win by getting divorced? <laughs> uh, I don't know that there was a direct correlation there, but uh, I love your dad. You got to get your dad on our, on our, our uh, podcast, by the way. We'd love to have your pops on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that'd probably be fun for him. He, he might just show up in studio after he hears this interview and, and uh, <laughs> you guys a stern talking to. <laughs> I was, I did. Um, your your dad asked me to do this uh, this um, poker tournament at the Golden Nugget a couple of years ago. And I told him I didn't play, so he just he told me I could give my buy into a friend, so I did. And then I just got there and just walked around with the mic talking about everybody. And at the end of the thing, I was talking to Dan Henderson and, and Randy. 
And we're just sitting there in like a triangle talking, and out of nowhere, Randy just like puts me in this Vulcan nerve pinch for for no reason yep. whatsoever. We're just sitting there talking, and he just like puts his hand on my shoulder, like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" And then he like puts his nerve pinch on me that makes my knees buckle. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> he was like, "What?" I was just saying hello. Oh man, he doesn't always control those violent urges very well. Yeah. <laughs> Is that something he does? Like just pinch your neck and make you drop? Yeah, he uh, he shows affection in a, in a fairly painful way a lot of the time. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that guy, though, man. Well, Ryan, man, you're a, you're a class act, dude. You're you're a nice guy. You're very easy to root for, man. And uh, I you know I hope you find success uh, in the future. I'm sure you will. You're tough as hell, man. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, and I yeah, thank one, you. I appreciate it. I got one more question for you, Ryan, before we go. When I come out sure there, when I come out there, man, are we going to go see Chris at the gun store? Uh, Chris isn't actually at the gun store anymore, but my fiance works there, so we can go see her. Yeah, cool. All right, it's a done deal. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. That was, a, that was a great question for everybody that listening really wants to know about you specifically going to the gun store. But yes. thank you, T Rex. I appreciate I, that. I actually want to hear those kind of stories. Those are kind of good. Chris from the gun store. Yeah. Do you do you have a story with you and Ryan at the gun store? No. Yeah. I would. I would <laughs> no. no. Great. No, but Thanks, I went. I, no, last time I was there, one of the last times I was there, I went by Extreme Couture, and Ryan and I were talking. And he said, "Yeah, if you want to go by there, Chris is a good friend of no, mine." No, Chris. Go Chris by. is a good guy. He he, right. he had cancer. He uh, oh, he snap. had cancer and he beat cancer. And then he was doing. Did he shoot it in the face? Yes, he sh- he <laughs> shot cancer in the face, uh, and uh, he's uh, he's he's doing really well. He's doing comedy now, Chris. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's actually me. Me. I see Chris all the time. Chris. Nice. Ir- Chris Irwin, super nice guy. Very ins- inspirational. Yeah, I heard he was doing. I heard he was doing an open mic a few weeks ago, but I couldn't make it over that night. I'm, I'm curious to see what that uh, what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, he's doing, he was doing open mic at the at a uh, at a uh, strip club. At the Hustler Club. Uh, uh, they have open it. mic on Thursday nights. <laughs> Do they really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you could see Chris from the gun store doing comedy and, and boobs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite a scene. It's quite a scene. Well, Ryan, anytime you want to come back on, please do. Uh, and I hope, to, hope all goes well. Congratulations on your engagement, man. Congrats, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, brother. Later, Rhino. You too. Talk to you guys soon. Later, man. Bye. All right, that was Ryan Couture. Nice guy, man. Yeah, very unassuming looking too. Like when you talk to him, like he doesn't look like he would whoop someone's ass. But no, he looks like a banker. Yeah, but he will whoop someone's ass. He he will someone's. He looks like someone that works at a bank. Uh, You know, he. um, But he's a nice guy. Super, very, very mature. Nice. Yeah. uh, Yeah, unassuming, cool, cool dude. (laughs) Go ahead, look over. (laughs) What? Nothing, dude. Nothing. Keep talking. Just a good dude. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have sex with him. I'm just saying he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a good good person. No, you, you, know? you, dropped, you dropped the f bomb and he just looked up. And oh, is that what it was? was? Look at the time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I I like Ryan. I think it's a bum deal that you know he has to suffer for. Oh, his dad not his being able to his corner. And, yeah, yeah. That 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 wasn't cool. No, no it would have no. been really cool to see him corner Ryan. You know, right. and I think it made a difference. I think it absolutely made a difference to his point. He's like. He's listening for that voice, that familiar voice, and it's not there. And that support is not there in between rounds. It's but he also got to be tough. Inequivocally, that nothing's going to happen to him when his dad is there because his dad's not going to like give him any horrible information. Or he, I mean, he's got his son's well-being like uh, first and foremost. There's trust there, right? Trust. Yeah. And when you hear your dad's voice, "You're okay, Ryan," you're like, "Okay, I'm all right." 
Yeah. I am no. all right. My dad yeah. says I'm all right. I'm all right. That was crazy. All right. So let's talk about uh, the fights last week. So Gustafson. Is it Gustafson or Gustafson? I don't Gustafson. know. Gustafson. Gustafson. Okay. Took on Jimmy Manoa. You know what? I was surprised about this fight. I wasn't. I, I was. I thought that Gustafson was going to maybe possibly peek out against John Jones, and that Jones fight was going to take so much out of him. Really? This was going to be, be a come-down fight. A lot of times you see a guy do, like, do great against, like, if you look at um, how good, like, my, uh, Hominick did against Aldo. Right. And he sort of never was the same after that fight. Certain guys, they peek out against the best guy, and they kind of don't. I thought maybe that was going to happen. I did. I, I didn't. I thought he was going to win, but I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I didn't think he was going to stop uh, Manoa, and he did. TKO. He, he looked great. He man looked, on a mission. He, yeah, he looked amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought the exact opposite. I thought that because that that uh, John Jones fight was a little, you know, kind of close, that, confidence that it was going to give him confidence, and he probably felt like he lost the fight because it was against John Jones and blah 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 blah. A lot of people thought that. And you then know? He, and he's got the whole his basically his whole country on his back. <laughs> He's like, he can't give up. Like, oh, He's I'm actually done. the first Viking to win anything in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, he looked, he looked great. Now, uh, there's some been on, on, on Twitter, uh, our guy, Daniel Cormier, yep. writes, hey, uh, Manawa, uh, take care of my light work for me. Or something to that, that extent of like, hey, win this so that I can fight John Jones. I didn't right. say my light work, but he said, you know, right. you know win this fight. So I could, and then, of course, he didn't win. And uh, Cormier said, congratulations. And then John Jones said, oh, it seems that Cormier and Gustafson are scared to fight each other. Which, I don't think Cormier is scared to fight anybody or this other guy, Gustafson. No. It seems like John Jones wants him to beat each other up so that maybe he does, they don't, but, they don't right, get the best of him. To. And then John Jones changes his Twitter handle to a duck. It's now You're da- a duck. It's, no, it's now Daffy, Daffy Duck. duck yeah. his, his Twitter handle is now Daffy Duck, which I think it was a direct response to them ducking him. But uh, it seems like John Jones spends a lot of time on Twitter with his haters. He's sitting there responding to people on Twitter, and uh, he doesn't need to do that. He's, he's the best in the world. I mean, he's pound for pound right now, number, the number one ranked guy in the world. I mean, right. well, I mean, you could argue that it's Aldo or Barrow, but he's definitely top three. Uh, I would assume Kane might be up there, too. I'd probably put Kane as number one, actually, based on Kane's you know, recent performances, but he's up there. He's, he's in the, he's in the top. He's the upper echelon. Yeah. You, I mean, people are going to say John Jones is the best. So why is he arguing people on Twitter? It's and like why Michael, does he, Michael Jordan on Twitter arguing with people. Yeah. Why do you hate me so much? Blah, blah, blah. He has I'm a great basketball player. He has time. He's he has bored, time. Maybe he has bored. Well, he better not be too bored. Cause, uh, someone's coming. Glover. Well, Glover is no joke either. Nah, hell no. I mean, uh, is it Glover or Glover? Glover. I hear both. I hear Glover to Cheryl more than I hear Glover, yeah. but I always thought it was Glover because of Danny Glover. Yeah, I always, I always thought <laughs> it was the yeah, same way. Glover, Glover, whoever that guy is. Danny Glover. I mean, he's he hasn't lost in like a long time. What, ten years or something? I mean, he hasn't lost in a very long time, and uh, he hits hard. Uh, based on the but Ryan Bader had him hurt. Bader did have him hurt, and if you look at the Bader fight, which is probably. The worst he's looked uh, in the last couple fights. I don't know. He looked pretty bad against uh, Machida. Glover? No, oh, I thought you were talking about Bader. No, 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 oh. no. Oh yeah, Bader looked. Yeah, <laughs> Bader looked terrible against Tito. I mean, he Jackson. got. Jackson. Uh, yeah, Tito Jackson. But yeah, so I don't know. Uh, there was, uh, but I want to see. Look, personally. First of all, I, I, I put a t- uh, tweet out to John Jones, who's blocking me, but I said, look, we'd love to get you on the podcast. I'm a John Jones fan. I like John Jones. I met him. He was super cool, and I'd love to have him on the podcast. He hates me. He, he, because of that whole thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he hates me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he hates me too. But you know what? We still love to have him on the podcast. And uh, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. I do think that if anybody has a shot to beating him, so it's going to be our guy. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. And Dana White says that, that uh, Gustafson gets the winner of Glover John Jones, which let's assume it's John Jones, right? And then the winner of that fights Cormier. So that's the... But that means Cormier is out for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's, that's not, like that's, that's like a year. It's yeah. almost a year. And and being that the guy goes up and weight ninety pounds per meal. <laughs> right. I was about that's, to say that's, like he's that's gonna a, have to maintain two hundred five. That's, that's a long time. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, it's like two hundred five, two hundred five days for two hundred five. I mean, that's a long <laughs> time. And uh, yeah. So that's that's that. Meanwhile, John Jones. Back to the gossip game. And I know you don't like gossip hour, but no, I don't people mind seem it. to like it. People are I like it. hitting me up on Twitter. So John Jones. Uh, and Tyson Griffin went at it on Twitter. Right. Uh, Griffin now, Tyson at- Griffin, I love that guy. Super cool dude. Yeah, and if they fought, he'd have to lose weight to make 205, Tyson Griffin. <laughs> but Tyson, so I don't know if you know what happened. So uh-huh. I'll explain. Tyson Griffin, he uh, puts on Twitter, John Jones, why are you selectively choosing your opponents? You should fight anybody they put in front of you. Right. Something to that extent. Then John Jones DMs Tyson Griffin. Like, hey, man, why are you getting involved? What happened to you? Why are you getting involved with this? And then they go back and forth. And then John Jones goes, hey, man, are you still even fighting? And then he goes, maybe you could be my water boy. Wow. Which is not cool, right? <laughs> but Call funny. Him. Pretty it funny. Is, it funny. Is funny. But it is pretty funny. But first yeah. of all, Tyson drinks soda, not water. Uh, but there's no way. <laughs> that's not, it wasn't the cool. Well, come on. Tyson Griffin, if you met Tyson Griffin, he is a pretty funny guy. But he's like this, he's a small guy. He's not a big guy. And he's unassuming and he's. Been through battles and have some, have some respect for Tyson Griffin. I don't think they were going. They weren't. Tyson didn't start with him. He wasn't like let's have a Yo Mama contest. Or no, something. he was saying was, respect. Respect Daniel DC, Cormier. Yeah. He did insert himself in the 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 the, the beef. But I think yeah. him and Cormier are good friends. Tyson yeah. Griffin. Yeah, I, I know where I know where Tyson's coming from though. I mean, you're a champion. Just like when he when he didn't want to fight um, Chael after yeah. whatever, and he was like, no, I didn't train for that guy. I mean, if you're the champ, man, prove him. Beat anybody up who comes your way. And for him to say like, uh, well, why does he get a title shot all of a sudden? Yeah, that's what thing. That's what right. uh, Jones said. That um, I think he said that uh, you can't beat a can and then get a title shot. Right. Calling Pat. Pat, Pat Frappa, uh, uh, a, uh, <laughs> Pat Frappuccino. But he's not. A, but look, Daniel Cormier didn't select right. Pat Cummings. He just, I mean, and, and to Daniel's credit, he said, "I'll fight anybody." Like, he was he was training for Rashad dude, Evans. This dude fought, uh, got turned down forty fights, like forty people. And turned Pat down Cummings was the one who said, "I'll fight him, I'll fight him, I'll fight him. Pick me, pick me, pick me." Right. It wasn't like Daniel Cormier said, "I want to fight the guy from the Java store." I mean, it was. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He wasn't selectively saying that. It was Daniel Cormier put whoever. And, and by the way, beating, I would say, beating Roy Nelson, Frank Mir, Bigfoot Silva, and Josh Barnett does should get you a, a shot at 205 for the title. I mean, those those were four beasts and, at heavyweight. And the fact that Daniel took that fight against that guy without any hesitation, without any complaints, and had all everything in the world to lose by losing that fight. If he, I mean, this is the game of MMA. Pat could have came in there and caught him with a left or a right and knocked him out, and then Cormier would have had to start all the way at the back of the line. 
And so he had a lot to lose. Yeah, the back of the Starbucks line. I mean, that that would have been a long-ass line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he had a lot to lose by saying, I'll fight this bum. Not a bum, but, you know, someone that nobody knows of. Right. Had a lot to lose. And and by the way, I'm not disrespecting uh, Patrick Cummings at all. He's obviously a tough guy. Hell yeah, he's tough. A great fighter, you know, who's been through a lot. And he's got balls of steel. I mean, to go and say, to fight Daniel Cormier with no training camp <laughs> on nine days' notice, yeah. you're, you're out of your... a tall order. A tall order. Holy shit, you got balls. That's a grande order. <laughs> but go, go back to the I'm John Jones thing. For did you And did you read the additional DMs that he sent Tyson Griffin? No, that's why so, you're our producer. All right, that's why I got you. So Not just for the no, jugs. So not <laughs> Those are pecs, baby. Oh, okay. Um, no, so, not you. I'm talking about when you pick up the, pull up the pictures of girls. But go ahead. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. <laughs> I'll accept that. So anyway, no, no, no. So John Jones DMs Tyson Griffin, and he takes it offline, which I thought, okay, you know what? That's some respect, right? right? He's not going out on Twitter. And then he says, LOL, you're like OMG, John Jones is writing me. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Come on. That's give, high school. Give it to the guy, though. That's pretty freaking funny. Funny? That's LOL, funny. OMG? Working with fans, <laughs> no, no, team, no, comedians. Listen, that's listen. not funny. <laughs> but that's funny. It's Oh, you're probably so happy that John Jones is actually texting you. How is that funny? That's, that's funny? I think, I think that's hilarious. Come on. That's, think that's funny? I think that's obnoxious. You're I'm, the comedian. I'm the fan. Okay. Tell maybe, me a maybe as a fan. Maybe as a fan, that's funny. However. John Jones, who's not typically known for... Being funny I and, think and actually was, being dismissive, of a lot of people. I think it was kind of like good to see a little bit of John Jones's other side. Other that side. It, this is the side number one, and <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't doing it to be funny. If he was, saying, you don't think so? I no, think he was absolutely trying no, to be funny. No, I think he if was, he was trying to be funny, then he would have that left what LOL sounds uh, means. Laugh out yeah, loud. no, he went laugh out loud. Ah ha ha! Like he was you're saying, you're like OMG. You're like OMG. John Jones is right. Yeah, but I don't think he. I think he was saying that right. because he's like he really meant it. He really meant you're like OMG, John Jones. Is which like, is like, why he DM'd him. Which, which as opposed which to like if react- he would said that out in public, then it would have been more funny. If he would have, I like, think it would have been even funnier. And he unfollowed him right afterwards, so Tyson couldn't respond. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. Wow. So Tyson took the screenshot. And put it on wow. and said, this is the kind of guy you are. I disagree, DJ. I don't, I, I, and I'm starting to doubt your, what you think is funny now. <laughs> I'm starting to like. I think you're oh, funny. I, well, I'm starting to doubt that too then. Because, okay. um, <laughs> because I'm actually retiring from comedy after this conversation. Because, no, I think he meant that, like, I think John Jones has yeah. a huge Ego. ego. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look, you're... If, when you're the, the best, you get to have when, that when ego. When you're the best fire in the world, you get to have that ego. Absolutely. Okay? You have to... In some ways, you have to have that ego. Uh, to certain people, it drives certain people. Uh, to, I, I, that didn't make no sense what I just said, but you know what I'm trying to say. Okay? Yeah. However, when you're dealing with a guy like Tyson Griffin, okay, who's been in wars... Who should, and get, who, who should get respect. You, I think there's a little more respect. If he would have said that to... To like me and T Rex. You're like, OMG, LOL, you know, uh, John Jones is this. I would have said, okay, yeah, that is kind of funny because we're, you know, or you say, okay, now I, but, but he's done yeah. that before. Like, he did it to Ben Askren. Ben Askren uh, DM'd me, he goes, he goes, I responded to you, I just made you famous. He did that to Daniel Cormier. He goes, oh, you know, 
what, you have like 20,000 followers? He goes, congrats. Now I, uh, now I like know who you are. But maybe so, John Jones looks at that as there's John Jones and then there's everybody else. So he would probably respond that way to just about anybody. He's, he's shown that, right? And how he's talked to DC, how he's talked to now ben you know, Tyson, Askren, Griffin, Tyson Griffin, Ben Askren, all these guys. So maybe he just looks at, you know what, it's John Jones and then there's a ledge. And then everybody, I know my personal dealings with, with John has have been fantastic. He's always been really friendly to me. I always felt like he gets a, a bad rap, you know. But I can see why a lot of people are like, "Man, f that guy." You know, you know? I, but, and I understand that. And I, look, when I met him, he was cool. And people that I know that, like Tim Kennedy, all these guys that train with him say he's great. Julie Kedzie, they all say good things about him. No one yeah. I know who's ever dealt with him said anything bad about John Jones, except for the people that want to fight him or <laughs> people like Tyson Griffin. There seems to be like that other camp. There seems to be the John Jones. However, you know, you start DMing people going, you might want to be my water boy and OMG, I just, now I made you famous. That there's a certain, that you can't say that that's not going to rub people the wrong way. It, it does. And sort of like, look. Because Tyson, people want the humble champ. Is that not, what you're Not the humble at? champ, but Tyson Griffin's a guy who's been in wars. I'm not okay. saying he shouldn't dis, shouldn't respect the guy because he you know he should respect the guy because he fought. I'm not saying that he shouldn't that he should he absolutely should give everybody everybody respect no matter who they are who they are but, but especially guys like Ben Askren you know who's an Olympian wrestler but Tyson who, Griffin also shot the first shot but he, he didn't by saying hey you know what he's lecturing John Jones that's all I'm saying is lecturing John Jones on Twitter. Yeah, and then Tyson, you know, saved the screenshot and showed it to everybody, which yeah. probably wasn't like the most mature or, you know, it, it sort of responded back in a high school girl way that this guy responded yeah. to. And I understand that. But at the same time, I, I like Tyson Griffin. He like, came to my show. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have a warm spot. I have a warm spot for Tyson Griffin. And we should bring him on. We'll any, him. Anytime Tyson Griffin wants to come on. We'll have him on next week, Tyson Griffin. Right? I mean, what do you, what do you think about this whole thing, T-Rex? Uh, you know, I know where Tyson Griffin is coming from. I think that John Jones does need to. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> DJ showing us a picture of uh, John Jones opening his mouth and a bunch of Twitter birds coming out and yeah. hitting Tyson Griffin in the face. You think what? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I think John Jones, uh, kind of like the same thing with Ronda Rousey. There just needs to be a little more class, I think. Class? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when Daniel Cormier is the champ, and I'm sure he's going to be, he's going to be the most humble, gracious champ, and he's going to have 110% of the fans on his back, I believe. Just because he's such a nice guy, he's humble. Even after, like, Pat Cummins talked all that crap about him, yeah. and he beat Pat Cummins up, he said, you know, he's got a great future in this game, you know, and nothing, don't want to take anything away from him. He gave him praise. The thing about John Jones is I think that he doesn't know who he is in a lot of ways. I think he was forced to grow up. I think his father passed away when he was younger, John Jones. I'm not sure, but I think he was forced to score up really quick. I know that he, he – I have a lot of respect for him. He, he got into – it was a state champion in New York, and then he got his, – his daughter, he had a, a baby, and he, he, he ended up not going to Iowa, and he took care of the baby. He's a super – he's a man. He's a man. Let, let, let me ask you guys but, this because I, I, you guys are making interesting points. But, you know, look at Muhammad Ali, Right. He spoke a lot of crap about a lot of people and disrespected a lot of people he shouldn't have disrespected. And a lot of people did hate him for some right. of the things he said. And now he's looked at as like the greatest of all time. The things he did, he was a showman. Right. Are we looking at this? Yeah, but 
I don't think what John I'm, Jones doing, what he's doing, but that's is showmanship. The, I think it's just. But it's the way the world's changed, right? Social right. media and exactly. how people talk smack about one another now. And it's different, also. But Muhammad Why? Ali, because Muhammad Ali, number one, what he did to Joe Frazier was not cool. Still, right. not, still not cool today. You know, calling him uh, Uncle Tom, or and whatever, he gets a whatever. pass, right? I think he gets not, a pass. He doesn't a get a pass bit. from a lot of people. Still, are not very happy about that. Hard from the from the hardcore, hardcore boxing right, right, right. Fans. Let's, Muhammad, let's talk but, about it. But from Muhammad the Ali, you know, didn't go to Vietnam. That right. that was, I think, one of the most people are respected for for that. Now, look, looking back, they're like, man, John Jones is not taking that kind of a stance on government politics and this <laughs> and that. I mean, there's no Vietnam War, so maybe, maybe he would if there was a draft or whatever. Blah blah blah. But the thing about John Jones, I think, that rubs people the wrong way is that he doesn't really seem to even know who he is. A part of him wants to be like, look, I'm, I'm a religious man, I'm this, I'm that, and then he gets a DUI. There we go. With, That's like, the core. That's what like, I wanted to get with to. With, like, two girls in his car. I don't know what happened, but I just know there was two girls in his car, and he got a DUI. That's the so, core that I wanted to get to. Is it that religious dichotomy that he is, that it's sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad? I think it's that, but I think he's also not... Muhammad Ali was very comfortable in his skin, okay? He was Muhammad Ali. I mean, he was yeah, changed 100%. his name. He was Muhammad Ali. His name was Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali. No, it's Muhammad I'm going to call him Clay. Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> but John Jones does not seem to be that comfortable in his skin yet. You know, he's still young. He's still 20-something years old. Uh, he's a young guy, and uh, he's got a lot of success. He's obviously very talented. Right. But he just is – he's not a good – Crap talker. Crap talking is a skill. You know, certain guys have it. Chael Sonnen has it. Yeah. Uh, John Jones had it. Um, not John Jones. I mean, Muhammad Ali had it. Certain guys, ha- even Prince Nassim was a, was a great yeah. crap talker. There were certain guys that they, they talk and they're just really good at crap talking. And unfortunately, guys like Tito Ortiz or, or, or John Jones. Yeah, you can or, tell when it's genuine and when it's like forced. And yeah. Um, Even Mayweather's good at it. It's just sort of like it's just a skill that you have, and John Jones doesn't have that skill. So when he does do it, it you're right. It, it's also Twitter is a lot more, uh, you know. It's you a lot read different. so many like between the lines, like between the characters, you know, because there's only 144 characters, you know, and I think a lot of people rush to judgment. But as far as his fighting skills. And I will watch, and I will pay, and I will watch any John Jones fight there is. Yeah. And I'm, a, I, I am a fan of his fighting, his work ethic, this and that. Utterly ridiculous. Utter ridiculous. I mean, I mean, his skill is through the roof. You know, he's a very athletic, gifted guy, but he's not very good at crap talking. And he should leave Tyson Griffin alone. He doesn't need to call him. <laughs> the guy's fifty pounds lighter than him. He's in the World Series of fighting. He's just coming off a loss. I mean, leave the guy alone. What do you need to start with Tyson Griffin for? I mean, come on, really? He's bored. It goes back to being bored in Albuquerque. But that's the thing. It's like <laughs> there are people out there that pick on bigger guys, like Chael. Even when Chael talks smack, it's always to a guy that you're like, man, this guy might kill Chael. You know, when Chael's talking to Vanderlei Silva or Vitor Belfort or John Jones. The Noguera brothers. The Noguera brothers. So now you're going down the path. He's kind of bullying Tyson a little in bit. In a way, he's a like, bit, right? it's like when Bisbing picks on Team Alpha Male. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Why, why are you talking to t- these guys that are... Th- what, what Tyson's what, 145 or something? I, I, I actually think Mendez can take Bisping. You think Mendez can take yeah. Bisping? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Bisping actually... I'd like to, I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'd pay for that. I'd pay 60 bucks for that. I wrote a thing on Twitter recently. He's talking about Bisping. 
I wrote like because now I'm kind of limited. <laughs> Let's just say I'm a little limited with my subjects. Business going to talk. I'm not going to get into it. Okay, why I'm limited? But I have to be a little more careful with my tweets. Let's just say that. Okay, I'll end. I'll start and end it with that. So uh, Bizbig's on my list of people that like uh, is a good sport, right? And uh, and an easy target and fun guy to mess with. So Jimmy Manoa says that power is God given. So I say, this explains why Bisbing's an atheist, right? It's a simple joke. That's funny. Set up punch, bang, bang, bang. Simple joke, you know? Bisbing, everyone retweets it, like 80 retweets, and Bisbing goes, whoa, well, what explains why you're not funny? Like, ever, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, right? So then, everyone, so then people, my fans, are going, oh, this is why everyone hates you, Bisbing. Or like, man, somebody can't take a joke. Or, wow. And then, of course, like, Ariel Hawani retweets Bisbing's thing, you know? Which, by the way, on a side note, Ariel Hawani got upset when I roasted him about a year ago. He got upset. He told somebody he was upset about it, whatever. I have, I have since then to not make Ariel Hawani jokes, okay? I went out of my way to not make, because like you said, I don't want to make fun of people who don't want to be made fun of, okay? And there's a list of people on that list. Brendan Schaub's on that list. Uh, uh, Ariel Hawani's on that list. Because I don't, if, look, people like to be roasted. Some people can take it. And some people can't. And if you can't take it, I won't roast you. I don't, I'm not here to pick fights with people like Ariel Hawani. But of course, Ariel has to get in his jabs now. Which is like, dude, if you don't want to be roasted, fine. But then don't start coming back with your stupid jabs. All right, so, side note. And, like I said, I have nothing but respect for Ariel Hawani. He, 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 he's a guy who came from nothing. He's a journalist major. I think he does a good job. So if anybody wants to tweet Ariel Hawani that I'm talking shit, I'm not. I like Ariel Hawani. I, I, I do. When I met him... He was very nice, and he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. But I'm saying if he doesn't want to – he's not good at taking jokes, I won't make jokes about him. That's just simple as that, you know? I, I'm not here to – what was I talking about? Bisbing, right? Yes. So, then, so then Bisbing <laughs> comes back and says um, – Bisbing comes back and then goes, what? I'm not allowed to roast a roaster? So I guess that was his way of saying, like, I'm just messing just around. Right. I'm joking around. But uh, I want to get Bisbing on the podcast. He's I like very, He's a very cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like Bisbing. I can make it happen. Good. Make it. Well, make it happen then. Okay. Make make that Consider happen. Consider it done. Make that happen. And I can tell him that Chad Mendes can take him. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But like I said, like I, there are certain people out there. Just for the record, and people listening, a lot of people that are like, "Hey, man, when are you gonna roast me?" Guys like Mike Pyle. Guys like John Dotson. Kelvin Gastelum. Chael. Uh, there's a uh, even Cormier, Rashad Evans said well, uh, to you, when's yeah, Adam going to me? He's like, man, tell that dude, man, the, talk oh, some smack about me. Yeah, a lot of uh, you know, uh, Kevin Randleman. There's a list Tyron of people. Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley, H- Hector Lombard. There's, I didn't even tell you, Tyron Woodley. So Tyron Woodley and Phil Davis were were here about a week ago. They did a Google Plus hangout with us. Yeah, Tyron sat, sat in your chair, and I told him that that's oh, that's where Adam sits, and that's where T Rex sits. He got so geeked. <laughs> That he was sitting in your chair. Aww. That he was like, this is where he sits. This is where he talks smack about me. Oh, that's Oh, great. man. And then he just went off on, you know, how his mom loves you. And, and that's the thing. It's like this is all you got you to look at comedy in general. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry to get off on this freaking rant. But comedy is about intent. Intent. Okay. If, and the intent is to make someone laugh. Now, look, I write sometimes I write 10 jokes, 100 jokes. A lot of them are funny. I know this, okay? I'll be the first. I look back at my Twitter line. I'm like, what the 
hell was I thinking? That, why did I write that? But you, not every joke can be funny. And it's like baseball. Jokes are like a box of chocolates. It's like baseball. It's like you get up and you and you hit three three things, three out of ten, you're batting 300. You're in the Hall of Fame. And it's kind of, kind of jokes are sort of like that, too. You have to write ten jokes to write three. So you got to keep throwing them out there. And that's what I do. By the way, uh, Dan Hardy did an excellent job uh, commenting. Commentating. And Dan Hardy's grandmother retweeted me. <laughs> <laughs> She's Anne on Hardy. Twitter. Anne Hardy. Okay. Because I wrote a picture. I put a picture of me and Dan wrestling back in the day, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, That's my grandson. Right? And I was like, This can't be Grand Dan Hardy. You, you know that was Dan. It was. I looked at the picture. Her whole thing is her and Dan Hardy. Anne Hardy. And then I was like, I even wrote, I go, Dan Hardy's grandmother favored my tweet. I put it, I, it's all downhill from there. Gra- Grand Hardy. And then she's like, <laughs> She's like, wow, he must have told you about me. Like, like she's like, oh. so now she's following me. I, and, that's awesome. I yeah. dare you to roast her. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the next text from last fight. Absolutely. That's we are, we are putting Dan Hardy's grandmother in the next text from last fight. Yeah, Ann Hardy. And right. she goes like, Nana Hardy is her thing. I don't know. I, I, I have her thing. It's, I swear. I'll, it's an old lady with a red mohawk. Dude, it, was my, it might be the... <laughs> <laughs> she's got better takedown defense than Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nana Hardy. Uh, it was, how funny is that? Because I, 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 I've had mothers follow me on Twitter, a lot of mothers. A grandmother. But I've never so had nice. a grandmother follow me before. This, she, she's definitely the first of, uh, yeah, so oh, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, Nana Hardy. And all right, so that, that's what we've got to talk about. We also have to talk about UFC 171 coming up. Oh, before that, sorry, the Melvin Gillard, Michael Johnson fight. Melvin's has got to be almost done. You think he's almost done? He's got to be. I don't know. I mean, I think he still has to. He needs to change camps or something. He just did. Oh, by the way, that girl who came to my show, Shaney Ruth. She's the one trying out for the Ultimate Fighter that was with Carla Esparza. Look at this girl, by the way. If you guys want to see. Look at that Twitter. She she goes by Shaney Love. S-H-A-N-I-L-U. Look at this, DJ. Oh, yeah. I I was already looking at her. Oh. Look at like so about five rest involved. There's a there's a picture of her with the American flag. Oh. Look at her pictures. Yeah, she's unbelievable. Uh, that was at the show, right? Yeah, yeah. That's me, 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 and Big John at the show. She's this girl. I don't know. I don't even know if this girl can fight or, or, or like. Or, she looks like she's about five eight, five she, nine. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm on her thing right now. I, I, yeah, I want to find her pictures. Watch. Scroll over her pictures. Yeah. Uh, all right, go down. Where, how, how do I do this? Full profile. Yeah. And she's a vegetarian and a mother. She looks like she's about 5'8". She is about 5'8". I don't know how she's going to make 115. I, I don't even know why. I'm sorry that we're even talking about her right now. I mean, I mean, she's this hot girl. If you want to look up, if you want to see a, a beautiful S-H-A-N-I-E-L-U-V, Shaney Love, this girl with abs. She's smoking hot. But I'm trying to find Dan Hardy's grandmother. And she's probably an ass whooper, too. <laughs> and it's, yeah. In the, meantime, in the meantime, yeah. So there's a thing about, uh, so what, what, I, what I'm thinking about, um, about Melvin Gillard versus Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson is on a tear. That going to the Black Zillions was the best thing he's ever done uh, for his career. He was he was, he was Greg Jackson. He he was obviously good. He's going to make the UFC. He's a thing, but he was inconsistent with Greg Jackson. He's not lost since becoming a Black Zillion. And Melvin Gillard, I don't think he needs to retire, like you said. Or no, I don't think up. he needs to retire, but he needs to change focus or something. I think he's lost a lot of focus. He's I, it's it's funny, man, because like not to compare. Melvin Gillard to Mike Tyson, okay, because that's a, a ridiculous comparison. But people always say, like, man, Mike Tyson could have been the best of all time. Mike Tyson could have been the best of all time. Mike Tyson, 
I don't know if that's true because Mike Tyson, as good a, as a physical specimen and as talented as he was, mentally no, did, a, was not capable of getting it together. Not, he was not effing it up. Not effing it up. He was going to escorts. He was doing this. He was doing drugs. He was partying too much. He was in a bad relationship. He meant mentally, you have to be there. You have to be there you have to be focused you have to you have to want it you have to know it you have to have a fight iq that's through the roof and melvin gallard for some reason he used to have that when no well no he a while like a long time ago when he was the young assassin i thought that he was going to go to the top everyone thought that he was a state state champion i think in new mexico he's the toughest hell he's got speed he's got he's he's got he's fitness he's athletic but some yeah. reason he falls apart and fights. But he had some like some stuff happen in his life with his dad, I, I believe, and some other. But sometimes under the bright lights, people just can't perform. Right. They can perform in the gym. They can perform everywhere else, and then all of a sudden they get under those bright lights and they just can't. Well, frustrating about happen. Melvin is that he does perform sometimes, and then other times he he can't perform. Like he's one of the, he's a very inconsistent fighter. He might be the most inconsistent fighter out there because there are guys he that he he just. Rex that you think he's not going to, and then he gets knocked out by Joe Lozon in, in you know under a minute, and and then he you know even with the Nate Diaz fight, he was taking it to Nate Diaz, he was beating Nate Diaz, and then he 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 got caught. He just he's one of these guys that just he's mentally and I, you know what when I was wrestling in high school and college or all these sports teams I've been on, there's always been that guy who is amazing in practice, mm-hmm. who kills people, who, who, who the guy will yeah. be a world beater or one thing, and then the next time just can't. And yeah. it's unfortunate because I'm sure for his coaches especially, because they probably look at Melvin Gallard and they're like, man, this guy has so much talent. In boxing, there's a guy, Victor Ortiz, yeah. another guy who sort of has that. You could, Brock Lesnar was a guy that I could put in that category of a guy who physically had it, mentally, when he would get punched. He would just fall apart. Right. And uh, nothing against Brock Lesnar. I love Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is one of my favorite fighters of all time. But you know, And he will whoop George St. Pierre's ass. He would kill George. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stand up for Jake. No, he wouldn't. No, 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 he no wouldn't. way. No, he wouldn't. But there, there, are certain, there, are, there are certain guys. I mean, you could even say you know, Uriah Faber in title fights in the UFC is in that category of right. a guy that... Uh, can get there and then... You know, in the WEC, he was dominant, but... In the UFC, he just you know he's zero six in title fights, and I'm right. I'm the biggest Uriah Faber. And look, guys, if I say this, I'm not bad mouthing anybody. I'm not saying this. It's just the facts. It it's just the seems truth. that there are certain guys out there that uh, when the lights are on them and the pressure's on them and everything's on them, they just can't. Just something happens. I can't explain why it happens. It's sports psychology. It's just something. And right. uh, you know, look. Uh, there was a point where when I was in a junior in, in wrestling and I was, uh, uh, you know, I was the prep school class A New England champion, defending champion, right? <laughs> Which is very specific, I understand. But, uh, you know, so, <laughs> but I got there and I, I, I had lost five fights, in a, uh, five matches in a row. And, and, and I was losing, I was just losing and I, I was cutting way too bad and they had a concern meeting, the teachers for me. I had to get in front of the whole school and talk about why I was losing. And it was, it was like this, what? I went to this crazy boarding school called the Hyde School for kids who had issues. And uh, just, you know, my, you know I, I had a lot of issues. My mother left when I was three. My father was on drugs. And I had a lot of issues growing up. You know, right. I had a stepmother I didn't like. I can get into all this some other time if you want to hear it. Was she okay. 24? 
She was 24. She was dating Randy. So, but there was a certain point where I got to in my life where I just got, it was, I remember there was a certain match. I was, I was up against the, the state champion of, of, of Massachusetts, and he was beating me 5 nothing. And I just got to that third period, and I just got sick of losing. losing right. I was like, man, man. What the hell am I losing? Well, enough being the Mr. Nice Guy. Enough being like, and I just started whipping this kid's ass, and I ended up losing five to four. I, I came right. back, put him on his back, but that was a turning point. I, I came back that, and the rest of that, I, I ended up winning the. I was the fourth seed in the Northern New Englands, which has eight schools, and I won that. Then I won the New Englands, which has forty-five schools. I won the Class A's. I I didn't lose after that. It was a certain point that I got to where I was just sick of losing. And it's not that easy, and I can't describe why that happened. And I, and, but there was just Melvin Gillard needs to find that in himself because he could be one of the best fighters out there. He's got the physical he needs attributes. Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. He needs that tipping point. Yeah. He just he needs to just say, you know what, I'm better than this because he was beating Michael Everybody. Johnson in the first round, even in that fight, and then in the second and right. third, he just for some reason he's something happened. He, I don't know if he got hurt, he froze, but he has to get to that point. Anyway, let's get back to interviewing people. Our next guest is one of, uh, he actually, this, this guy is one of the nicest guys. He came to my show, and he's, he's a guy that uh, you would think that he's like, like a, an accountant or something. This like little Asian guy with a suit, and he could kill people. He, uh, <laughs> I, I, the guy could take a beating, he's a Black belt. He's he's an inspiring dude. He he is a Vietnamese assassin, right here. Uh, our first guest. Uh, second guest. Well, our next guest is Nam Fan. Nam, how are you, man? Hey guys, thank you for having me, Adam. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good, guys. Thank you for having the show. Uh, are you kidding me, man? I, I remember we wanted to have you a long time ago, but you were like, "Please don't make fun of me," and I was not gonna. Yes, ma- <laughs> I, I didn't want to cry on uh, uh, on the radio or in public. <laughs> no, dude, are you kidding me? First of all, I would never make you oh, cry. Oh, this is Nam fan. I thought we were interviewing Dat fan. No, 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 this is Nam. <laughs> no, no, Nam. I get, I get that all the time. <laughs> no, no, Nam's the funny one. Oh, that's so, hilarious. <laughs> so, so Nam, you start. I was looking through your stuff. By the, by the way, there was a video of you knocking out a bully or some guy in five seconds who came to your gym. That, that was brutal. Can you oh yeah, that that story was uh, actually in high school. I was six, I was uh, sixteen years old. You were sixteen in that video. Who now? Who, yeah. Now who is that guy? What? Can you please give us a backstory on that. Oh, so we're in, you know I was in high school, Rancho Alamitos, and Garden Grove, and this this guy Jose, you know, he's just picking up some guys in my Spanish class, and like he does it every day, and like just one day he's kind of just kind of overdoing it, and I'm like, hey Jose, just leave these guys alone, you know. And then, like, he's like, F you, you want me to freaking F you up? I was like, Jose, what the heck's your problem, man? Why are you being a jerk? I've been asking you to leave you guys alone. So you were fighting after school? I was like, what the heck? I'm like, dude, I'm going to fight at the school so you can get your friends and jump me. You want to fight us go after class? And he's like, no. I'm like, no. Like, did you, you weren't going to jump me, jerk. <laughs> you know? And then, um, and then I calmed down. I'm like, you know what, Jose? Okay, how about this? You and I will go to the wrestling room after school. So that way, no one get in trouble. And also, if he did bring his friends, I got my wrestling buddies to back me up, and we just have a we just mess them up, you know. If, if, it, if it came down to that, but so it was, it was Monday, and he wanted to fight on Wednesday. And I was like, "Why well, you want to fight on Wednesday? Are you go train? You need to get his camp together." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, 
No, no, trust me, Wednesday. He actually had so a longer Monday, camp than uh, Pat. Pat Cummins did yeah. against Cormier. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So from Monday to Wednesday, he started all this crap, like, I'm going to kill Nam. I'm going to, you know, if he dies, I'm going to pay for his funeral. I'm like, what the Oh, my God. Yeah, so Wednesday comes, you know, and I, I meet this guy, and uh, I'm on buddies are there, and his, uh, his friends are there. And I didn't realize, because in Spanish, like, we sit next to each other, we're about the same height. And with this guy, I see him in person, you know, standing up, like, dude, he has six foot tall, like 200 pounds. <laughs> and then, you know, like, if I realized how big he was before I saw all that crap, I probably would have been a lot nicer, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I'm ha- well, I'm happy you weren't, but it's a good uh, go yeah. on. Yeah, and then, um, but, you know, I figured, you know what, all our friends here, you know, it's too late to back down now. If, if I'm going to get my, my freaking face messed up, I just go down swing like a man. And so um, we go in there, you know, I'm little, you know, and he's huge, and I'm going to unbox him, I'm, I'm slugging it with him, and he's jacking me up. He's straight messing me up bad. And then our, our gloves got tied, and then we restart the fight, and then you got, everyone sees what you see on YouTube. Dude, wow. you you hit this guy so hard, and then just you beat that was unbelievable, <laughs> man. I mean, I was like, I had no idea. I was looking through your fights, and then it was like that came up on YouTube. It got over a million hits. If you just look up, uh, what, what is it? It's like Nam Fan versus Street Fighter. Yeah, or if you look like up Nam MMA Fighter versus Street Fighter, and uh, man. First of all, that that was that might have been your best knockout ever. By the way, that that, that could yeah. be the most impressive knockout you've ever had in your in your entire career. Just so you know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, like you know, some of the people are like me, I jacked up. I, I don't understand people. You know, like oh man, an MMA fighter would never do well in a street fight, and then when an MMA fighter beats up uh, a street fighter, it was a man. Man, that's such a coward. Peter, I'm a regular guy. I'm like, what the heck, man? I was 16 years old. I was nobody. Well, yeah, let me let me ask you this question. I have two questions to ask you. Number one, were you training like MMA at that time, or were you just like doing boxing or? No, I did. No, I was. I, no, at the time, I only did karate and and I did some jujitsu. But I was a white belt. I was 16. Sixteen yeah, years old. That guy was twice black belt. What does that mean? <laughs> that was Buddy Ravel from Three O'clock High. Yeah, that guy was three times the size of you, number one. And uh, you know, that's the thing. Look, the guy who wanted to fight you. First of all, that might, be the, that might have been the best wrestling practice I've ever seen. Uh, that was, <laughs> but that was all strikes. Man, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was unbelievable, oh, man. Well, was, my other my other question is, how did that end for you? Like after that, did he ever say anything again, or did you guys become cool afterwards? Because I know a lot of times you get in a street fight with someone and have to see that person. You guys become cool. Oh yeah, well, after that, you know, he you know, he's super nice and he. Okay. <laughs> you humbled him. Super nice. Gave an attitude. Yeah, I, 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 I hope so. You know, I karma can karma throw him around. You know. <laughs> did you did you, did you uh, let him cheat off of you afterwards or no? <laughs> oh me, uh, I should cheat off to him. He's he's Mexican, right? So I didn't let him finish. I cheat off to him. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, that was math. It was a math class. He needs my help for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. So speaking of which, now you started karate when you were you started taekwondo when you were four years old, correct? Oh yeah, but I was like for a few months. I was too young to appreciate. I started doing karate when I was eight, and then I now, did do that you, for like eight years. Now a lot of people think that taekwondo doesn't really. I remember I took taekwondo when I was when I was set when I was like eleven. I took this thing YH Park, and you get a belt every three months. It was one no of those No matter things, how you're doing? Yeah, no matter how you're doing. Oh. And I, 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 I was awful in it. And I remember I was like, my little brother could break a board, and I couldn't. And I started crying like during, <laughs> during, during the test. I was awful. But it was, was one two of two years ago, by the way. Yeah, this was last month. But it was one of those, <laughs> one of those, but it was one of those things where, like, do you think Taekwondo really works? or? 
I mean, isn't that what Ben Benson Henderson does, and as well as uh... some guys? So well, some guys swear by it, and other guys are saying, "Well, it doesn't really work that well because it's kind of like point karate." What's being you being the black belt in Taekwondo? What's your opinion of it? Well, I'll just talk for a little bit, but I practice karate for the most part. And, uh, uh, you know, I think karate for me, if you fight with someone that doesn't know anything, it's it's pretty effective. You know, right? But um, if I didn't learn any technique, you know. But the most effective thing it taught me was confidence. I was, if anything, I was really confident. I, it might not have worked, but you know, I really believed it worked. That the thing that I was taught worked. Right. And I guess confidence is like a big deal. Yeah, confidence is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. But you can be really confident and have it not work, and then you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank God that Being day it, wrong, it worked. <laughs> now, now you have a problem with Steven Seagal, correct? <laughs> Do, do, do I have a problem? Doesn't everyone have a problem? If you but, don't, you should. But I, heard that, yeah. but I heard that you specifically called out Steven Seagal. Oh, I always do. Every chance I get, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay calm all, all day, every day. You know? How, how call, do you call him out right now like he's listening. Yeah, yeah. Everybody know that? What the heck is wrong with people? <laughs> now, how do you think you would do against Steven Seagal in a, a real fight? He'd whoop his ass. I know, but I want to hear him say it. It, it, it depends, you know. If it's choreographed, he probably beats the piss out of me all day. And he's talking about a fight, I'll freaking, beat, I'll, I'll freaking grab him by the point and freaking judo throw him. <laughs> in a, so in a choreographed fight, Steven Seagal beats Nam Fan. However, in a, non, in a non-choreographed could be fight. He could beat freaking all the juicy champions at the same time. You seen a, a Steven Seagal video? He never gets hit. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And there's always like a guy. Uh, it's, he always goes into a bar at like noon, and there's a guy named Sticks. Godfrey Sticks. Godfrey has a bit, and he's like, "Get him, Sticks!" And then these guys like starts, they start fighting with like pool sticks for some reason. I've seen that. I see that movie. I'm like, what the heck happened? How did he win? <laughs> I agree. Now, now you were a pro boxer. You were three and one as as a pro. I watched some of your boxing. How come you didn't stick with boxing? Oh, um. I did pro boxing because I wanted to get my hands better for mixed martial arts, and I'm not a passion of um, in boxing to, to pursue it like 100. I just did it mainly to keep myself sharp, just so I can so I can like improve for MMA. Yeah. You know, so when I started Strike Force, it allowed you to do other MMA events, other boxing events, and I really like that. That's a great part about it. And, yeah, it definitely me sharp. I, I, I watched some of your highlights last night in boxing. You were knocking fools out in boxing, man. You, uh, uh some, you know, yeah, some. <laughs> there was there was one guy you hit some some uh, a black guy you hit one of your things where you hit the guy and the guy went like the other direction, like you hit him and then the guy like stumbled back the other side. You know what I'm talking about? It was it was. A I pretty... do, yeah. Uh, Aaron Shepherd, I think. Yeah, I only had I only had four pro fights. That guy was he's pretty. Yeah, uh, I think he had a, he was like 15 amateur fights at the time. And that was his first pro fight, and that was, I think, first or second pro fight. That was my second pro fight, and I only had, like, eight amateur fights, so I was, I was slightly intimidated. Plus, he's a freaking big black guy, so that's, that's, that's two things that he's intimidated about, you know? <laughs> now, I mean, they threw you to the wolves, man. I, I'm looking at your thing. You, you fought Razor Rob McCullough in your, what, third fight, and then you went and fought Josh Thompson in your sixth fight. Uh, right with your sixth fight, or was early early on in your so, career? Something like something like that. Yeah, I forget. I mean, that you definitely. That's got to be. Uh, did you know how good like those guys were gonna be when you fought them? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, you know, Rob, Razor Rob at the time was a very um, renowned Muay Thai fighter. You know, he's he's barely getting to MMA. 
And, you know, and I, I th- we fought in a tournament, underground tournament, and uh, I was a big time underdog. You know, I was only, I think, 20 at the time. Rob was already an established Muay Thai champion. Now, what was this underground tournament where you fought Razor Rob McCullough in? Okay, um, it was, uh, I think, what was it called? It was, it was Knuckle Fest. It was held by Bobby Kamboa, Kimoyama. And um, when you sign the contract to fight, you don't sign fighter. It says actor. So if the police ever came in and raided the place, um, the producer or the promoter would say, oh, we're not, it's not a fight. It's a, it was a movie. Oh, my stuff. God. Yeah, so we already had Rob. You know, um, like like pre like, like pre winning everything. Like he was always supposed to win the whole thing in the script. You know, so he can't predict <laughs> who's gonna win and everything. Now was it? I mean, was I, it, that was it. Really underground? Was it actually underground? Un- underneath the floor? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. Like, did you have I, to it was go in a movie studio. Wait, wait, it was where? In a movie. It was in a, a movie studio. Yeah. So um, the producers already had. Like Razor Rob, like they would, they would, in the script, Razor Rob already beat these guys. So whether Rob won or actually beat these guys or not in an actual fight, he's gonna win. He's supposed to. He's supposed to win anyways. You know. Now that was just in case the cops came in. Yeah, just in case the cops. Oh, here's a script. No, this guy wins at the end. <laughs> That's you know? hilarious. Wow, that's that's insane. Now, how did now what made like you seem like the most polite. Down to earth, like just a normal guy. What made you get into fighting? Um, in martial arts. I was always into martial arts, and um, when I did karate, you know, I always wanted to compete. Uh, some type of uh, something. I was, as a kid, I just wanted. I just thought I was always glamorous, and I wanted for the glory of victory. And I never did any sports as a as a, as a child. And I, I practiced karate. Cause I was in love with martial arts, and I always wanted to compete. So I started doing jujitsu, you know, and uh. I got into jiu-jitsu. I started watching um, UFC, and I, I wanted to compete. So um, I told my my trainer at the time was Frankie Camargo. I said, "Hey, I want I want to fight." And um, he said, "Look for fights for me." And um, the the body and ball uh, fighting championships came up, knuckle fest. And I, uh, you know, I just started inching my way up the ladder. That's knuckle fest. How funny is that? Now, after getting yeah, on the I, now the Ultimate Fighter was a very big break for you. I, I remember I was a fan of yours after watching that. You seem kind of like a loner in the house. They seem to, I don't know if it was the editing, but it seemed like you were kind of, did your own thing. Did, you know? Yes. Yeah, it sucked. You know what, what sucks? <laughs> I think Misery, what is it called? Misery loves company? Yeah. I think, oh, dude, I was so nice to all these guys. It was like, it was Andy, there's a freaking with bunch of jerks. He hated my guts. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Why did everyone hate your guts? Yeah. I don't understand. Then they accuse you of masturbating in the shower or something, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, yeah, exactly, right? So, look, that, that, that's how low that's how low those guys, you know, stoop to make me look bad. I mean, like, I was so nice to you guys every day. I was nice. it's, it's so shady because I was, like, always so nice to this guy. At the end, he guys. Dude, like I was taking a shower, you guys walking on me. I don't do that's your problem. And then I watched the 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 episode. Like, dude, you get accused of masturbating. We're a bunch of jerks. What the heck? And all that stuff. I mean, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I don't care because you know I'm in the UFC. He's like, because I was masturbating. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I masturbate in the shower all the time. Who cares? It doesn't I mean, even yeah, have to be right? on. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, of course, that's that's the place to masturbate. You know, so yeah. 
If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it right, you do it right. Yeah, might as well clean it off you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm actually masturbating right now. It's, 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 it's very awkward. Hey, you gotta do it, do it right. <laughs> now you have, you've had some great fights. Uh, your your fight with Leonard Garcia. Those two were great. Epic. Oh, epic fights. Uh, you got so much heart. Uh, you have lost three in a row. Are you worried about getting cut? Oh, big time. Yeah, I don't know what's going yeah, God, geez, it sucks because I think that I always come to fight and the last fight, you know, Vaughn did an amazing job, but I, I really think, he, you know, he, he definitely played it safe. He just, you know, he he, he, he got the points, you know, he, he got out, got the points, got out, and it's tough when the guy doesn't want to, you know, I like to trade, you know, like Leonard stays in there and trade with me, Mizugaki, every time, you know, I want to fight, you know, so it's tough when the guy wants to play the point game. You know, I can't really, you know, fight because the guy doesn't want to fight, you know, but I don't blame Vaughn. He did what he had to do to win, you know, but now I'm on a three-fight losing streak. You know, I don't know what's going to happen next, guys. So hopefully, you know, they give another shot. And now I'm just going to do my best, you know. Is your is your uh, contract up? Uh, no, um, no, I'm kind of not up, you know, just that. I don't think the UFC likes it when you have three losses in a row. You know, yeah, I mean, at the, at the same time, I think that your your fights are very exciting, even the ones you lose. So you you do have that going for you. I mean, even the, but the thing was is that dude, the fight before it against Dennis Seaver, I, I I wrote a joke on Twitter. The last time I saw an Asian take that many shots in the face was on you porn. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. funny. But oh my God! I mean, you could take you could you could take a beating. Do you ever think about tough guy about the, like sometimes you take too many shots? Yeah, you know, um, when I was in, when I was in when I was in that fight with Dennis Seaver, I was getting my face pounded. Um, I thought to myself, I guess you tap out. I should quit. And then I thought to myself, maybe this is the part of the movie where it gets better. <laughs> you know what the movie never got better I was watching a horror movie <laughs> it never got better <laughs> yeah I mean you. I mean, that's the thing you've been fighting for a long time have you you know 13 years and uh, and, and you're, you're, you're no one could ever say anything except for the fact that you are first of all you're very inspiring inspiring to a lot of Asian people to anybody uh, but is there is there a point where you're like man I want to keep some of my brains. Like, I don't want to keep getting hit like this. I mean, you're a pretty smart guy. Yeah, yeah def- def- definitely. You know, it's definitely scary, you know. Uh, you know, I I just want to fight. You know, I just want to... And I love competing. You know, I just want to compete in the UFC for as long as I can. And afterwards, you know, I, if I get cut or if I decide to just quit, I still want to compete like me at a lo- local local level show. And I mean, like, if I feel like it's... Uh, I'm thinking about damage. I'll start just only doing, you know, maybe local grappling matches. You know, you know, just into my way back down to like just purely exercising. All right, cool. Because I, I, you know, you're, I don't, I don't. I mean, personally, you seem like a great guy. I, I don't, I don't want to see you be like, you know, one of those guys you no, see no. at like the boxing gym where they're they're can't speak, you can't speak, and this and that. Now you do own a gym, right? I do own an MMA academy. I do in Garden Grove. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great. Yeah, so I get a lot of support from the, the Asian community and different the locals. So I'm very happy. I have good people that train out of the academy and all the douchebags I just from away. <laughs> have you saved any uh, money? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, um, I, my old school it was a lot smaller, and um, for all of my bonuses I've gotten, I didn't have to save that to um, invest into like a bigger academy. 
Oh, good. So you so you so you're all, you're doing okay financially. Because some of these guys they keep fighting because they blew all their money on hookers and drugs and you know what what not. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't do that anymore. I swear to God. Last night was the last time. <laughs> now, what's the name of your academy, by the way? So the Nam MMA Academy. Say it again. Go again. Uh, Nam Fan MMA Academy. That's original. Yeah, Nam Fan MMA Academy. <laughs> Very creative of you. Now, did the guy that you beat up has he uh, taken classes since then? The guy that you knocked oh, out in, when you were sixteen. But they has not. You any class? I've seen since high school. <laughs> does he? Does he come at night and clean up the gym? <laughs> No, he, 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 he waxes does his cars. If, if, if he ever wanted to train, I'll, that could be his offer. You know? <laughs> that's hello. That's so funny. It's called the Jose Cleaning Service right. at the NMA. Now, 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 how's that? Now, I know after uh, you get off the Ultimate Fighter, you're in a, you're you know a good looking dude. Are you getting a lot of tail? Oh me, you know what? Um, you know, I, I totally thought. You know, that, that's the perception. That's not the contract we signed. That when you sign, you get the ultimate fighter. Afterwards, you get a lot of tail. <laughs> I totally thought that because afterwards, I was waiting for you know some some coffee shop Vietnamese girls to hit me up, and man, they were nowhere to be seen. Really? You know, I guess Asian girls don't watch MMA. What the heck, man? <laughs> that's so. That that sucks. Wait, so you're not getting any puss? I mean, I, I mean, guys, I'm, I'm I'm in a relationship too, but oh, I mean, uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you said enough, right there. Yeah. Now, uh, now you want to plug the gym for your uh, on uh, Twitter? How yeah. do people find the gym on Twitter? Yeah, please, um, guys. Yeah, if you guys want more information about me? You can go to my website www.iamnan.com or you tweet me at, at uh, nanfanma or Instagram me as well at nanfanma. Well, Nam, hey man, look, it's a pleasure talking to you. You are uh, happy birthday too, ha- man. Your birthday is on Thursday, right? Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's just doing 30, research 30, right there. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy! Yeah. And uh, be 31. I thank, you guys. thank you very much. Thank yeah. you for the. Inter- I, I want to thank you guys as well for giving me this opportunity to do the interview with you guys. I mean, I have tons of fun. Anytime, man. Anytime. All right, guys. Have a good day. Take care, brother. Take care. Bye. Okay. All right, that was Nam Fan. I like that guy. I like him too, man. What a funny guy. But you can tell he's like. I bet you he's very close with his mom. Really? I, I bet you. That's he is. what you got out of that? Yeah, because he's you know when he he didn't cuss and he was like they're a bunch of jerks. He's very polite he's like, guy. He's a bunch of jerks. Very what the polite. heck? No, you know, other fighters like man, f them guys. When he came to my comedy show, he was wearing a, a suit. Really? He's the only guy that I ever wore that I invited wearing a suit. To the they show. probably thought he owned the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Dude, yeah, I like that guy. I mean, yeah. I, I hope they don't cut him. I understand if they do cut him because he's lost three fights in a row. Yeah, and, but he'll find another home somewhere else. But, he's not had a very good UFC stint. I mean, no. came tr- strike force. He was zero and two. I mean, and then he went lost to Leonard Garcia, lost to to Mike Brown. Beat Leonard Garcia, lost to to Jimmy Hattis, won against Cole Miller, lost Dennis Seaver, lost Misugaki. Where, where's Jimmy Hattis now, though? That's my question. Right. I mean, the Cole Miller was a close fight. Wow. I was at that fight. That was well, a very close fight. You know, it's like when um, you look at it, it's like it's rough. Hopefully, he sticks around because you're right. He when he does, even when he loses, it's entertaining. Also, I hate to say it, but I think certain guys, if they hit certain markets, are less likely to be cut. Yeah, the Asian market. Uh, the Asian market, I yeah. think, helps. Uh, Dan Hardy with the British market. I think he lost four in a row. Yeah, yeah. The UFC did not cut him. Uh, Seer lost two in a row. 
Uh, maybe even, yeah, they lost two in a row. So I'm not saying there's a huge Afghan market uh, for the <laughs> UFC. But they're going back to Abu Dhabi, and they're yeah. trying to open up that market so it helps. I mean, they, and then there was they a reason, need fighters. And Nam Fan fought on, on UFC China. I mean, yeah. he's not Chinese Vietnamese, but they were like, oh, close enough. So, so, so <laughs> they, they brought him over there. It does seem that's that... That's racism works out. It, well, it does, it does, look, that's just life, <laughs> when though. it helps. I right? mean, how many times as a comic have they go, oh, we have too many white comics? A lot of times. Or, oh, we have too, too many, many black, black comics. comics. Oh, how many times have you seen as a comedian I've seen it plenty of times where okay well we need to get a girl right. we need to get an Indian guy we need to get a black guy we need to get a white guy Rainbow and it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the funniest comics in the world it's just that's the way life is and it sucks because it, it should be the funniest comics or the best fighters the best or the best whatever and it is normally the best fighters at the same time it, it is what it is right I mean that's yeah. you can't fight City Hall as my dad would say I don't think they can cut anybody really right now they need more fighters in the, the UFC? With the expansion globally, they just need fighters. They can't. They also need exciting fighters. I think also yeah. if Nam Fan was going out there and not, you know, and he's one of those, and he pulled a, what, who, remember, like a Herms Franca or, or something. Or, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Out. Or, you know, if Nam, yeah, you know, yeah, there are certain guys that Dana, they, they lose, and Dana's like, what is going on right now? And it doesn't seem like Nam is that kind of guy. At the same time, I think that they do need to match him up if I was a Joe Silva, I'd match him up with a Leonard Garcia type of fighter who's just going to stand and bang with him because, uh, it, it, you know, it, it does. But also, he's been fighting for a long time. And then there's the thing of, okay, a guy loses three fights in a row, five out of his last eight, and who's taking a pounding like he did against Seaver. And do you want to see, just because he's on the fence, you don't want to see a guy like that get hurt or, yeah. or you don't want to see a guy like that lose his brain cells. He's not 21. He's 31. He's probably still on the tough contract, too. But, you know, hey, look. Yeah. It's not one of those things. If they didn't... I would... I like Nam Fan. And I, I like him as a fighter and as a person. So anybody that I like, I hope they don't get cut. But at the same time, you know, you have to say, Ben Askren. Why isn't Ben Askren in the UFC? 13-0. Arguably the best wrestler in MMA. I would argue that all day long. <laughs> don't yawn. <laughs> Come on. Was that out loud? I'm he sorry. He should be in the UFC. You know he, he should, should be in the be. UFC. He should be. Yeah. He should be. He At should the same time, this, you, you can't call it. He should be in a welterweight tournament to determine who takes over GSP's spot. But you can't call the, your boss a fat, bald turd and, 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 <laughs> and expect. You can. He just won't be around. Or, or, or not, won't be signed not, at all. <laughs> not even your boss. The guy that you want to be yeah. your boss. I mean, that's not the best. You know, if I anybody that goes to a job interview and say, "Look, I should be have this job, but you're a fat bald turd." Good luck well, getting that job. job. Good luck. All right. So, our next guest won the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, she's beautiful. She's tough. She recently got hurt, um, and uh, I can't wait to talk to her because uh, she's, I'm, I'm a fan of this girl. She's a, uh, Mike Chiesa called her a different duck. So, uh, <laughs> Juliana Pena, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for coming on our podcast. It's, it's me and T-Rex. Hello, Juliana. How are you? Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Anytime. So, uh, first of all, how are you? What, what's going on? Um, I'm good. Not much. I'm about to go to physical therapy in an hour or two. And, uh, otherwise I'm good. I'm fantastic. I feel good. So, I mean, I read the reports said that you got injured in training. You tore your ACL, MCL, LCL, which I don't even know what that is. And your uh, meniscus. Uh, 
how did this happen? Could you please set the record straight? Because there's a lot of rumors, blah, blah, blah. What happened? Um, I, I was uh, training um, in the gym. I was on the mat for a total of like a minute. And uh, it was just a freak accident in my gym um, with my training partner. And so, you know, it's, it's things that, you know, probably could have been prevented but wasn't prevented at the time. And an accident happened and I got the tail end of it. And so, you know, it's just a really, really, really crappy deal for me. So... Because um, I now, because I heard you were training with with uh, this guy, the training partner, who you always go with, and you you hit a switch, and just just sort of went the wrong way, and you kind of it was like your third workout of the day, and you just it was just a f- no, it wasn't my third workout, um, it was my second, um, and yeah, I have I have him before, um, I don't re- I don't remember. It wasn't like a normal switch that you would like see somebody hit off the wall. It was more so like trying to like turn into the person because they're, he was trying to rear naked choke me. And like the rear naked choke wasn't even close. It wasn't even close to being finished. Um, and it was almost like a, a bearing of all the weight and, and, and all of my pressure trying to go into it and all of his pressure trying to add me to the ground and kind of like jerk me to the ground and, it was just kind of an ugly, ugly situation, and I don't know when when uh, when two chimps wrestled. Usually, the littler chimp gets hurt, so I think that was the case in my. So you were wrestling. So you, you had, So you were wrestling with a chimp. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't wrestling with a chimp, but I mean, sure. it's like two chimps going oh, together. Like you know, I we're both we're both really, uh, you know, passionate, and so I think that you know. It just probably needed to be like separated right from the beginning. We probably should have just been like, "Hey, you know, calm down, everything's fine," so and, you, and then try again, you know. But so you guys it, were going just, super hard, but it was it was a freak accident. Exactly. It was it was so it was it was nobody's fault. It was just these this stuff happens in training. Absolutely. You know, you take a risk every time you step on that mat. So. Good. All right. So now we so now we have the story. So that's it's uh, the no more rumors. We can rest aside. We can get on with our lives. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I, I've been getting getting uh, on with mine. So I think everybody else should too. Cool. Because I know there was a lot of a lot of lot of stuff going on. But I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, now. Are you going to be out for two years? Is that true? Um, no, no, I'm, they, the doctors told me six to nine months. They said no one would fault me if I took a year, if I needed that long. Um, so I'm hopeful, you know, I'm hopeful that I can make a full recovery and, and get back piece together. Um, after that, that time. Now, is this, is this like a, like a super invasive surgery that you're going to have to go through where they have to reconstruct your knee or is it going to be like, it's not scopable, right? They're going to have to like open it up. No, no, they opened me up. Um, they cut me three times, so I have three beautiful scars running down my right leg. And um, yeah, I know it's it's okay. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, they didn't scope me, and, and yeah, it was a complete knee reconstruction. Wow. You know, there was only one ligament in there that they didn't need to touch, so the rest of them were shot. Oh my God! Well, Juliana, I mean, you're a tough, tough girl, and uh, you know, I was, I was proud of you for winning the Ultimate Fighter. I, um, I was, you, you kicked ass. Oh my God, you, you brutalized Jessica Ricosi in the finals, and uh, <laughs> that was, uh, 
Now, how much money did you uh, did you win? You, you won a hundred thousand dollars, correct? Um, yeah, I, I, it's a contract for a hundred thousand. I know that um, you don't get all that money. You know, after a course of like you know three or four fights, then then your money will accumulate. But um, you know, you get paid in chunks, and and it's over a course of uh, of some time. So, you know, for me, in my case, it's like I got paid for the finale, but you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. So, wow. you know, that's kind of where I'm sitting at. So, how are you doing? With, how are you doing with money? How's every? I mean, are you are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I'm uh, I'm learning how to ration my money, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, everything's great. You know, I'm being well taken care of, so I have no complaints. Do you still have that same boyfriend you had last time? No. Oh, so you're uh, single? Absolutely. Yes. Woohoo! Now, I remember last time you said you like to put guys <laughs> in body triangles during sex. Uh, is that still... <laughs> does, that, does, that, does, that, does that still go on? And how do I get involved? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, no, remember last time you said that sometimes you like to put guys in body triangles during sex, and then uh, it was, that was one of the things you like doing, and, and that was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I recall the statement, Adam. It got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, Is so, that why you and the gentleman are no longer together? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of the reasons. Wait, wait, really? I'm sorry. Kind of, not really. Wait, are you? Um, wait, you really? It got you in trouble. It was. It was. It was. You weren't being serious. It got you in trouble for real. But now that you broke her and her man, no, no, up, I no, think that it you didn't should be really on the receiving end. I'm just saying that you know maybe that was like one of the the last uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, and he was just like, I'm done with you. Really? Oh, shit. I, I'm. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, was like, I was about to feel really bad. I was like, "Oh man, I didn't mean to break you up with your boy." What happened with your boyfriend? How come? I, I remember he was like your trainer, right? Uh, something like that. What happened? Um, I don't know. Me. He doesn't. He doesn't like me. So it's all my fault. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I. I just think that you know sometimes some people you know. Whatever I don't know. When when I'd rather not say. Okay. All right. How about that? How okay. About that? All right. So we're not going to talk about your ex boyfriend, or uh, okay. okay. Fine. Now you are single. Now is it now is it hard to date you? Is it because you do seem like kind of like a head case? I mean, you, in, in like a good way. You definitely <laughs> you seem like a, a really cool chick, but you definitely seem like you could be you could stay fun. up a fool. Fun at the same time. <laughs> if something went wrong, plates would go flying. Is that a fair statement? Um, yeah, like, you know, I'm just being honest. I feel like I am a super, super easygoing person and I'm super easy to get along with. And I feel like I'm very simple to understand. So usually when, when, when things happen to me, it's like, do I really need to give you an explanation for this? (laughs) Do you need an explanation again? Like, are you, you know? And so it's not like. I, I, I'm not, like, mean, but it's just, like, some things I feel like if you just pay attention and, like, some things are just, like, obvious and, like, you should be able to know how somebody feels based on, you know, the way that you act a certain way. So I feel like, no, I'm totally easygoing and all that stuff. It's almost like a, um, I won't react unless provoked and I won't, you know, be mean unless I'm pushed to that limit, you know, and I don't like being pushed there and I feel like, you know, everything's going to be good as long as you don't get me there. So uh, otherwise, I'm, I swear, like, I'm, I'm totally chill. Okay, I got it. So you're a nice person, but if a guy provokes you, 
the. I talk a lot, you know. You poke a bear with a stick, you're going to get mauled. Yeah, you're. You are. uh... Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's one that's one way to put it. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I'm not trying to act like I am not. You know, I don't have my faults. Obviously, I do. <laughs> Just the fact that you, you, guys, you, you broke guys, your voice down like that. Yeah, like a sensitive time is going to make me like talking about all this stuff and and like inner self reflection. And you guys are going to make me cry. No, no, we don't want you to cry. First, I kind of do. I, <laughs> no. I, I, I kind of want to make her cry. Really, you're no, a dick. I, I don't want her. No, to I wouldn't want to make her cry. Make I her cry. This girl just had knee surgery, blew out her knee. She's I got. Know. She got. Okay, so oh, she sounds so cute. Now you. I mean, you have you have. You have two years off, so I mean, or a year off. I mean, how is how do you get through the day? I mean, are are you just like moping around and like, oh, god damn it, I can't wait to video punch games something. and weed? Yeah, is that what you're doing? No, um, well, I'm I'm <laughs> staying with uh, my best friend, and she's like totally taking care of me, and uh, we we are we're just chilling out, watching Channel Four and and bowling at like the old bowling place we used to work at and like getting down on, on some Doritos and, you know, just <laughs> hanging out until physical therapy every day. So are you dating at it's all? Pretty good. No, no, no one wants to date a gimp, Adam. <laughs> I do. Dude, we're on the next plane no, out there. Don't. Yes, I do. No. I would totally go out with you. I mean, I would definitely bring a, a hockey mask. God, but... it's embarrassing. Come on. Really? I, like, I feel bad. Like, even if I, like, have to hang out with my guy friends, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You have to be seen with me right now. Please tell me you're joking. It's sad. No, it's sad. Like, it's like I'm gimping around everywhere and just being, like, a total loser. It's, it's, I'm, I think I'm, like, depressed. Yeah, you sound depressed, but Juliana, you're a fighter. You're a top 10 fighter in the world. You won the Ultimate Fighter. You blew out your knee training, and you, you got to deal with it. Don't feel like people have to are feeling bad for hanging out with you or, or that you're, you know, a gimp. I mean, come on. Give me a break. No, no. Not, other people don't, like, make me feel that way. I think I make myself feel that you're way. In your, you're in your but own no, head too you're, much. You're, you're right. I am. I am a, you know, I'm top 10 fighter, and I can't fight right now and so it's just kind of like you know being a race car driver and not being able to race and so it's just like sad no i i i hear you i mean that's uh like if i can't do comedy i end up going crazy i'm like i just exactly imagine you couldn't talk anymore adam imagine that Oh my God! I think people would be really happy. Actually, if that was a, uh, I think a lot of people would be super thrilled. And you were supposed to come to my show, and you bailed out. By the way, I won't even say why, yeah. but it rhymes with Modi Mollinger. Uh, that, that wasn't cool. I was all excited for you to come, and you didn't. I was really show. excited too, but I was like, I just got out of surgery. That's my excuse. So. I'm sorry. Nice. I mean, not nice. I'm, well, next time you come to LA, we have to hang out. Now, now it seemed after the Ultimate Fighter, uh, you know, you're you're really good friends with Misha, and then Misha lost to Ronda. What did you think of that fight? Have you talked to Misha since? Uh, yeah, I have talked to Misha since, and uh, I thought that fight was awesome. I thought she uh, really uh, showcased her skills, and she stuck it to Ronda, and she should hold her head up high because she fought an amazing fight. And I really feel like, you know, she's one of the only girls so far that have been able to, um, you know, uh, stick it to her in the sense that she has to work for it, and she really has to to try. 
and um she tried and she she did her best and you know i i guarantee you you know if she had the opportunity she'd fight her again and fight her again and fight her again until you know however however many times it takes which i don't think there would be many but she put up a great fight and um i loved it are you looking forward to beating ronda's behind um, I'm looking forward to, um, maybe having the opportunity to do that right now. I just want to focus on being able to walk again and then yeah. kind of focus on, on myself as a whole and getting myself healthy. And then we can cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, now, now did uh, a couple other things before we leave. Did, did Cody Bollinger, I mean, uh, did, um, Cody, <laughs> did Cody McKenzie retire? No, Cody did not retire. I heard he retired to become a fisherman. Is that is that true? No, Cody has a fire under his like I've never seen before, and uh, he he's looking to scrap. That's for sure. And so he's just training, training hard, training like a, like I used to see him when we were kids. So he's he's doing awesome. Can you buy him shorts next time? <laughs> I told him, and and I'm telling you what I told him. Take me down there. Let me be your corner, you know, because I trust my own cornering skills. And uh, it was like, no. And uh, he didn't even end up having his, his people in his corner. And so I was like, well, that's what you get for not having me in your corner. Now, the other thing I have to ask you about, um, now uh, it seems that Shayna Baszler, after you got you got hurt, said that you set women women back 20 years or something or way oh, to God. complain. or Have you read any Shayna's tweets about you or... Anything to respond about that? Um, no, no response. I remember when I uh, beat Shayna down in the house and she like was so upset about it, which is completely understandable. She told me, you know, in the future, I'm going to, you know, keep coming at you in like a negative light, meaning like I'm going to keep making it seem like I totally hate you. That way we can get a rematch and we can build up this huge hype and we can you know, she had this whole game plan as to like what she was going to do in order to like make our fight seem like these two girls that completely hate each other to sell some tickets so that she can get a rematch and stuff. And I was like, no, no, I'm not really into that, you know? And then she, and then she was rude every day in the house after that day, you know, after telling me her whole game plan and everything like that. And, and she's been on a rant ever since, if you guys haven't been able to tell. So whatever, I pay no mind, whatever, Shana, Shana. So who cares? Gotcha. Well, listen, Juliana, um, keep your head up, okay? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, because of what happened, I'm not going to torture you with crazy sex questions like last time. Uh, although, I appreciate that. Although, I will. Although, uh, <laughs> although I do think that I, I would take you out, and even though you could kick my ass in a fight, uh, I think that we would have a good time together. I would make you laugh, and uh, make I, you cry. I, I think we, we, would, we would, yeah, we would have a good time. So. And then at the end of the night, he'll take care of your knee by having your legs elevated. Wow. No, I meant, you know, like, you know, <laughs> to keep the swelling down. That is 100% true. So, <laughs> what, um, uh, would you go on a, now, if you come to LA, I don't even care that you're on crutches. I, I, I think that's kind of hot, actually. I, uh, no, 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 would you, uh, w- can, can we go on a date when you come to LA or no? Um, I don't know. Oh. I don't know, Adam. You, you know, I feel like, you're really caring about me as a person, you know? It's like you just you just want to see if I can body triangle during sex. So 
you know, if no, I felt like you were really genuine and you really cared, I might take you up on it. But otherwise, I see right through you. What? Listen, that's complete nonsense. Who's always DMing you and saying like, hey, good job. I'm really proud of you. Uh, sorry that you got injured. Heard about what happened. Me. That's true. That's true. Uh, Look, I know the both of you. She would she would eat you up. She would. She, you couldn't handle her. I, I, you guys, I couldn't hurt a pink bunny right yeah, now. Right. There's literally nothing I could do to end. That's what I'm makes it even pretty worse. Pretty much useless. <laughs> Adam would hurt useless. a pink bunny. Hey, listen, thanks, guys. For your, <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? No, listen, she's, she's saying a, that. She's a strong I know, woman. but she's saying that I don't care about her as a person. I'm just trying to bang her, and and, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, Both are true. He cares about you, and he wants to bang you. Yes. That's the, yeah, listen. And that's not it. All right, fine. All right, fine. We won't have to date. I, I asked for go on one date, and you're like I'm trying to cheer you up, thinking we would, it would be fun. Reduce it to coffee. At least get uh, that. Coffee. We, we get a coffee at least? Yeah. Can it be like a totally platonic at first? And then like go in a public place while this, DJ tapes it. We want to continue with this kind of thing. Yes. Listen, I'm, look, I don't know if I'll put out, okay? Who says that I'm going right. to put out? You, you have to earn me, all right? I'm a. I'm a <laughs> Adam's a catch. I am a You're catch. You're not a piece of meat, Adam. I'm, I'm not a piece of meat. You have to, look, I, I may get really annoyed with you within five seconds of talking to you, which is uh, what I think is going to happen. So, so listen, so you don't. Ouch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you don't know. I, I'm just saying that it'll be fun. But fine. I have to go out with Julie Kedzie first. And then uh, <laughs> after that doesn't work, you're second on my, on my list of fighters to take out. So, um, but listen, oh, dang. I'm just, listen, I'm just playing with you. I'm, listen, anytime you want to come on, I'm, uh, I'm happy that you're, uh, that, you, that you're not going to be out two years, though, for real. I'm happy it's only going to be one. No, year. no. And don't um, mistake my slight depression for like, you know, oh, she's going to kill herself. No, I'm fine. Good. Good. And I, and I will be back. I know you will. I'll be back. There's, there's nobody. Uh, I... do, you, do, you hear, do you hear that? And then, and then she laid an egg. Can you believe that? I don't know if I get that, but okay, uh, sure. You're... I know. I get it. It's in my own. I've been hanging out on the couch too long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, uh, thank you, Juliana, for coming on the show and uh, being a really good sport. Thanks for having me. Guys. See you later. Right, take care. Have a good one. All right, bye. All right, that was that, that was Juliana. I think I think she's a little crazy. Like just I, at the end of the conversation, I, there know, she it, started saying some weird stuff, and I now she's laughing. Egg. Yeah, it was it was really funny, and then it just got really weird at a certain point. But, I think she might have just like farted. Really? Is that what it was? I laid an egg. Is that what it was? And then she's laughing. I like her though. She seems like no, a she's cool funny. chick. She's fantastic. I don't even know if I really would go on a date with her. I'm not like trying to. I mean, she seems like a cool. I just say that sometimes to sort of like to see what people say. You know. And if she said yes, that you would go on a date with her. Exactly. I would. Oh, she said yes, I would absolutely go on a date with her. But I'm not. You know, this is also a, a radio, a, a podcast. You know, I have to make right. things entertaining, and I don't want to just talk about fighting the whole time. She seems like a a cool chick, and I was trying to. I don't know. Let me let me ask you from the fans' perspective. Do you think that entertains the fans when you ask a girl out? Absolutely. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! I, you, you, you don't understand how many go. Uh, yeah. You don't understand how many people email me. And, you know what? The, the fans that listen go. This is the, the interviews are really funny. Absolutely. And and, and we, we, you know I, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan b- because of that. Yeah. And they say, listen, I didn't even like this person. I can't tell you how many people told me they didn't like Hector Lombard. Yeah. Ben Askren. I, the list goes on. I'm a huge Sam McMahon fan. Get Julie Kedzie back on. I had a girl yesterday say on Twitter, listen, Beck Hyatt, I got my ass kicked by my boyfriend. Thank you for speaking out. I mean, I can't tell you how many people. Yeah. So, 
now, the, there are I people, knew the there, answer. There, there are haters out there. The there question. are haters out there that say it's awkward, or they say you you know it's not professional, or you know man, you know you make the girls feel. I'm like you're creepy. Okay, fine. You know, all right, all right. Okay, so what? Like, you can't have it both ways. Well, they have issues if they're. Um, Curious about you and your professionalism, or even question your professionalism. I'm a comedian. Exactly, I'm that's what I'm saying. Freaking like, stand-up comedian. I, I'm not. I'm not out there at the at the press conference a with yeah. a fucking tape recorder taping. You know, you're not getting the scuttle report from me. All right, the uh, you're, scuttle. You're getting. <laughs> Give me the that? scuttle bug there, buddy. I'm a comedian. I tell yeah. jokes, and you know what? My comedy act is ten times more offensive than this podcast. Okay, so, I can attest to that. So. <laughs> this is toned down, okay? If we were if we weren't on this, Fox, this is me toned down. If we weren't on Fox Sports, the, the questions would be a lot more risque. More risque, okay? All right, so we have John Anik coming on. Uh, John Anik, uh, uh, he worked for ESPN. Now he's with the UFC. He's a great commentator. I give him a hard time all the time by saying he's boring. And uh, he's a very good sport. He's not boring, uh, but he's a good sport about it. So I, we're friends on Twitter. I asked him to come on. He said he would love to. How's it going, John? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, oh, dude, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Uh, you, I, I, I was looking through your research. I didn't know you went to Gettysburg. Yeah, I did, about you know, 15 minutes from the Maryland border, something like that. My, my buddy uh, Matt Snyder went there. I don't know Matt Snyder. Oh, yeah? I went to high school. Yeah, I mean, if you, if I wish I had played lacrosse there. If you played lacrosse there, you know, the world was your oyster, but we had a good time. Now, you grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah, Metro West Boston area uh, in Wellesley and Natick, Massachusetts. But yeah, I lived there, uh, you know, in Massachusetts first 27, 28 years of my life. So uh, I don't miss the cold, but I do miss the city. Yeah, I, I went to high school in Maine. So, whereabouts? I went to the Hyde School in Bath, Maine. But we used to play okay, against yeah. uh, play against like Woodster and Exeter and uh, North Vermont Herman and all those all those uh, prep schools. Did you did you play sports growing up? I did. Yeah, I played basketball and tennis in high school. Um, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, I played soccer goalie for a while, but then bowed out of that and you know started doing some you know high school newspaper stuff. But yeah, I was captain of my basketball team in high school, small school. Um, and we were five and nineteen my senior year, so it didn't go all that well. Oh well, you know, at least you were the captain. You know, <laughs> that would suck if you went five and nineteen and you didn't play. That would that would be even even worse. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that that's a good point. And then you went to Gettysburg, and then how did you uh, get into MMA? You know, I was doing a boxing radio show actually out of Boston. I was doing an afternoon drive for a radio station, and, and we would do a twice weekly uh, mouthpiece boxing show. And we covered about 25 HBO pay-per-views, you know, over five or six years. And uh, Gary Shaw, actually, at one point in time, you know, I followed MMA here and there. You know, we watched UFC 1 and 2 way back in the day, and then I probably didn't watch again live until, like, UFC 50. Um, but Gary Shaw, you know, out of the blue, invited our boxing show to come cover the Elite XC debut in Tunica, Mississippi. And for me, once I saw Mixed Martial Arts live, uh, a bell sort of went off and I started to sort of, you know, move the wheels and, and try to figure out how I could do this on a more full-time basis. And then because I had covered combat sports, I got an opportunity to audition for MMA live 
uh, at ESPN, and uh, that was really what you know led to the UFC opportunity. You know, I did Bellator in 2009, but uh, I guess for me it was just seeing the sport live in person. That then I, I really got it and really got into it, and you know now obviously it's become my favorite sport, like a lot of people you know who are listening. But no, no, you do you do a very good job. I mean, you do you do a great job. I know sometimes now. Do you read the tweets when I say like you know like if you ever uh, if, if you ever announced a, a Ben Askren fight, time would stand still, or um, <laughs> Or, Dude, I love it. I I hope you keep it coming. Yeah, when you tag me, I see him. You know, I I try. I don't always go out of my way to search my name on Twitter, but yeah, dude, I love it. I you know keep them coming, please. I mean, I remember when I used to do college football uh, for ESPN, and granted, they weren't as comedic as you, but I I, I think I had the entire Rutgers student body after me. So um, <laughs> it comes with the territory, and and I absolutely love it. And you know, hey. If they're talking about you one way or the other, I guess that's probably a good thing, right? Yeah, no, you, I mean, that's the thing. And I, the one that I, I, you had a good sport where I had Phil Davis say that he's put more people to sleep than your commentary. And, uh, and, <laughs> and you retweeted it. And I was like, all right, okay, you're a good sport. I actually, but I did ask Kenny. I'm like, does, does Anna get upset about it? He said, no, not at all. So I was like, all right, cool. Cause I was, yeah, no, the only ones that get to me are the death threats. Those are the only ones I looked into everything else. Uh, we let fly, but yeah, I did, I did broach that subject with Phil when I saw him in LA and, uh, he just said his focus was on the delivery. You know, he doesn't write the material. He just tries to execute. So, oh, that's um, do you actually get death threats? Yeah, it was, what's that? Have you actually gotten death threats? I got one. Somebody said it was after my first show in Nashville. Uh, when my approval rating was probably at an all-time low. And uh, he said, if you, if you ever do a show in Lemoore, California, and you're doing a post-fight interview in the Octagon, I'll, I'll shoot you down. So I hope we don't go to Lemoore. And if so, maybe they'll have, have Kenny do the in-cage interviews that night. No, you do a, you do a, you do a good job. And is it hard sometimes? Because like, I know that Rogan trains you know, jiu-jitsu and, and trains you know, in, in mixed martial arts, and Kenny trains. Is it hard for you, a guy who doesn't train, to know what people are doing in the octagon as far as like what a guy should do, like grappling wise. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I bought a gi uh, a couple of years ago. I still have yet to have my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. You know, I am much more familiar with the striking game. You know, I took karate as a kid. I took boxing lessons uh, several years ago as well. So, but yeah, I mean, and that's really an area in which the UFC wants to lean on Kenny or Joe or whomever I'm working with anyway. When, when the fight hits the canvas, they want me uh, laying out as much as possible. Uh, and that doesn't matter. You know, I will never be able to become a lifelong martial artist. You know, that just wasn't the way I grew up. As I said, I was playing other sports and doing other things. Um, but I think my role on the broadcast team uh, is it pulls me in a lot of different directions from traffic cop, you know, coordinating with the producers, executing promos, and of course, most importantly, calling uh, the live action. But, I, you know, I don't feel at any great disadvantage uh, having not strapped on the gi and rolled. You know, my first gig out of college was a high school wrestling beat. So, you know, I've taken in thousands of hours of high school wrestling in my day. So, you know, Dominic Cruz always says to me, the best way to improve your, your commentary is to watch collegiate wrestling. So I've been mixing in a little bit more of that, but, uh, thankfully more often than not, I'm working with a BJJ guy. And, uh, you know, I think the expectations are what they are for the play by play guy to not always be crossing that line. And, and that's certainly the edict that I've been given, you know, what's that now? What's up with Kenny's hair? It seems to get bigger every time there's a broadcast. Dude, it's out of control. I think Tom Brady was like the first one to do it. And, and now it's all the rage and, and Hey, all, all due respect to my man, Kenny, but it's like, 
you know, people think I'm losing my hair just because I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a fate, you know? So I've uh, he, he sort of is trying to compel me to grow my hair. I actually have an identical twin brother who for 20 years has had hair down to his shoulders. And for me, I can't go five days without cutting my own hair. So, right. but yeah, man, he makes me look bad with that lettuce for sure. Oh man, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like higher than Matt Riddle <laughs> as, as, as what's his name said. Now there was a, um, now, I remember there was one time uh, I was watching recently, it was, I said on the internet, John Anik totally owns Ronda Rousey, right? So I was like, really? What is this? But there was an interview where you did at the end of The Ultimate Fighter where Ronda was not looking at Misha. And she's like, well, I'm, I want to get out of here. And you're like, well, that's it for Ronda. You know? And you kind of like shoot her off. What was that? Were you annoyed by that? or? No, I mean, I really wasn't annoyed. It was almost just trying to move the television show along, and I thought it went from being good TV to bad TV pretty quickly. You know, clearly Ronda wanted to be somewhere else, uh, which was consoling, you know, her Ultimate Fighter finalists who both had fallen short that night, uh, Jessica Licosi and Davey Grant. And so she didn't want to be there, uh, I think, to begin with, anywhere near Misha Tate. Uh, but this was sort of like the last TV obligation for her as a coach on the Ultimate Fighter um, so after she had intimated the first time that she wanted to be in the locker room consoling her teammates, when she did it a second time, I sort of, you know, without any cue from the director or producer, just felt like it was my obligation to get her where she could do a better use or where she wanted to be. And I guess maybe it came off on TV that I was a little bit frustrated, but really it was just trying to move the show along. And if she was going to stop sort of giving you anything analytically, then she might as well be backstage with David Grant, you know? Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty entertaining, actually. That was probably the most entertaining <laughs> thing of the whole thing. It was like it was like a parent saying, all right, go wait in the car to, like, the kid who was out, <laughs> out, of, who was out of control. Um, now, is it hard sometimes, like, after a guy loses and you have to interview them, do you ever, like, either feel bad or feel scared? Or is it uh, – for me, it would be hard to talk to somebody who's such a powerful human being and – like confront them after they lost and or get them to say certain things. What's the, what's, what's the art in that? Well, you know, it's funny you ask the question because we are going to be working in more of the loser interviews for, for lack of a better way to put it inside the octagon, you know, when it permits, but those are the hardest ones to do. Not necessarily if they come to the desk after the fact, but after when I'm calling fights and I do them in the octagon, you know, when Rich Franklin got knocked out by Kung Lee and Macau, last thing he wanted to do was make any sort of statement to me. And of course he hasn't fought since he will fight once more, but you know, Brian Stan, who he doesn't even remember coming to until I, he didn't know he lost until I had the microphone in his face and asked him about the fight, you know? So when guys get concussed, when guys get knocked out, I'm praying that a producer is not in my ear telling me to go talk to them. Cause I just don't know that it's the right place, uh, or the right time. Um, but, you know, that just comes with the territory and it's part of the job. And it's my job to make those interviews as compelling as possible, you know, no matter, I guess, how shaken their brain is at the time, you know? No, I mean, that's got to be a tough, tough gig. And it seems that Rogan is more, um, he seems a little bit more opinionated on, on the fights and you seem more neutral. But I know that fighters have in the past gotten mad at Rogan. And be like, dude, why'd you say that I was losing? Or, or why'd you tell my opponent to do this? Have you ever had a fighter get mad at you for the way that you've been commenting their fight? Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is when, when guys land simultaneously, oftentimes it's hard to call both strikes accurately. So, you know, I have heard from only a handful of fighters, but I can imagine that a lot of these fighters sit around and watch the fight after the fact. And if they are watching with the commentary on, you know, if, if a strike doesn't, appear significant to them and we call it as such, you know, I'm sure they find that off putting, you know, 
I think that just comes with the territory. And, and I've caught fights involving my friends. And once these guys start, I mean, there's just, there's just no agenda. And I think that's why we don't get too sensitive about it because, you know, a lot of like that Machida Musashi main event, a lot of people thought that, that my commentary swayed more towards Leota Machida. And then, of course, the fight metric numbers maybe suggested that Musashi got more done than I had called. You know, I stand by my call of that fight, but I can understand if a Musashi fan is watching that fight, maybe I didn't give him the credit uh, he deserved for landing. But we, we just call it uh, like we see it. And, uh, you know, I think with, with Joe Rogan, it's a little bit interesting because we, we do the Octagon interviews. Oftentimes we're compared when in actuality our jobs are completely different. So you'll see sometimes with Joe and his post-fight interviews, you know, it's more of an extension of the analysis. Um, whereas for me, maybe it's more of an advancing of the story, trying to see who they want to fight next or, uh, or getting their exact analysis of what transpired. But, you know, it's a stylistic thing. And, uh, you know, we uh, we just try to call it as fairly as humanly possible. They're really, I mean, Kenny Floyd has called fights with with dear friends, and, and I promise you, there's no agenda. You know. Have you had a fight? Have you had a fighter confront you yet, or no about it, or no? Uh, Jeff Curran uh, confronted me on Twitter, um, but was later very uh, not apologetic, but was very understanding of, of the seat that I'm in and the job that that I'm required to do. But he just thought. Uh, that I didn't give him a favorable call. And, and I appreciate that feedback, you know, public or private. Ideally, it would be in private, but I appreciate that feedback, you know. And there, there have certainly been times where I've gone back and watched the fight where maybe I didn't give, you know, the red corner uh, enough credit for what they got, got done. You know, I find it more in the striking game, as I mentioned sort of earlier. When, when guys are landing simultaneously, your eye can only be uh, where it's going to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes maybe the striking game we don't call 100% accurately, but uh, overall, you know, it's a tough gig, and Colin fights for seven hours, you know, Kenny and I talk about it all the time, it's like, it's like doing back-to-back football games, so, you know, it's never going to be perfect, and, uh, you know, I've never had a perfect broadcast, I don't expect to, you know. Have you ever had a contact high from BNX to Rogan? Uh, I wish, man, I would take it, you know, I think, you know, a couple swaps a week, it might be easier, actually, to get through Colin seven hours of live fights in a non-air-conditioned venue in Brazil, you know? Um, not yet, you know, but you know, maybe he'll bring me, bring me some for after the next show or something. Are you uh, single? Are you married? What's your, what's your deal? I, I am married. I have two girls under three. Uh, so when I'm home, uh, they, needless to say, they keep me pretty busy. So yeah, we moved to Vegas about three years ago. I don't know if we'll raise the girls here long term, but I love being here, man. I mean, I'm a sports gambling fiend and I love to go out to dinner at the best restaurant city I've found in the U S so. We love it out here, you know. Congratulations, by the way. But that's got to suck for being like being not single in Brazil, by the way. That's got to be tough because that's probably the best. It is tough, man. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, You know, I I like that look, and uh, there are plenty of them. So yeah, it's uh, one of the inconvenient truths. But I love my wife, obviously, and my girls. And you know, there's there's few better feelings in all of travel than when you get to come home and, and see your family. You know. Well, you seem like a real nice guy, man. And, I, you know, I uh, take back the fact that I said you look like GSP and Hawani had a baby. Uh, I take that. <laughs> but, no, you seem like a real you seem like Now, Anik, you, now you host the Ultimate Insider on FS1 on Sundays. Anything you want to promote on, on Twitter? Just March 23rd coming up. It's a, a rare Sunday night show for the UFC. So, hope you guys, I trust, will be watching the rematch between Shogun and Hendo. And, uh, you know, just look for more stuff being rolled out on Fox Sports 1. And, Hoping to do a podcast. I mean, it's never going to touch this MMA roasted noise, but we're hoping to roll out a, a monthly podcast at the very least, uh, an anecdotes podcast on UFC Fight Pass. So uh, that's in the works and uh, just staying busy, you know, up in the air and uh, 
playing for freaking Malaysia Airlines, man. That hit oh, me yeah. pretty hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Whew. That sucks, man. That totally sucks. Uh, a final question. Um, do you, do you, now, you said you like gambling. Do you bet on the fights? No, I'm contract, contractually prevented from betting on the UFC and really all mixed martial arts. So, you know, I talk about it liberally. I would never, you know, pick a fight that I call. But, no, I mean, I'm betting every day, college hoops. Uh, I, I stay away from the NBA pretty much. But whatever's in season, baseball, pro football, college football, uh, locked into the handicappers out here, I, I can't get enough of it, man. I mean, if, if it would pay the bills, I would love to do sports wagering, you know, for a living. Right. So Saturday, since you're not uh, calling the fight, this Saturday, Hendricks or Lawler, who do you like? You know, it's interesting. I mean, from a gambling perspective, seeing Robbie Lawler close to plus 400, I, I can tend to see the value there, but I really do think Johnny Hendricks is special. And he's just, you know, he's just getting better, you know, and even though he's on the wrong end of the experience equation here, he still has 15 wins despite the fact that he only started his career in 2007. I just feel like he's, he's a little bit better everywhere. And, yeah, Robbie Lawler could touch him and, and knock him out. Uh, and I think Lawler is, is in prime form right now as well. It's just a great fight and a great Card. The co-main is awesome. I'm really looking forward to see what Tyron Woodley can do with that showcase. It's, so you're picking Hendrix. So you're picking Hendrix. And, uh, and just watch a pay-per-view for a change. You know, I'm always flying and traveling. It's nice to, to not be working on events and just sit back and be a fan. So you're picking Hendrix. Yeah, I'm picking Johnny. You know, I'm forced to choose. I am. But wouldn't be at all surprised to see Lawler knock him out. And uh, just can't get over the fact that Lawler is getting this opportunity at this stage of his career. You know, if he had fought Chad Chaffin in July instead of Bobby Volker in Seattle, maybe he loses that fight and none of this materializes. It's just an incredible story. And if somehow Lawler could cap it off, I, dude, I, I, I would be speechless. So I, I'm excited, man. So Condit versus Woodley, who do you like? You know, I'm kind of leaning towards the underdog, Woodley, and it's rare for me to ever pick against Carlos Condit because I'm just such a, a long-term fan of his. But I just, again, I, I just think this welterweight division right now is long on special fighters, and I think Woodley might be the next in that mix. And you know what I like about Woodley? I mean, and I got to think bonus money of some kind is coming out of this fight. Woodley's willing to get knocked out. And I've always said there are two groups of fighters, fighters who are willing to get knocked out uh, and fighters that uh, fight to not get knocked out. And I think what makes Tyron Woodley great and what makes him have a flair for the dramatic and the spectacular is because he's willing to get knocked out. That said, against someone technical and, and active like Condit could be a recipe for a disaster. But I'll take the better athlete, Tyron Woodley, uh, first fight upset. I agree. And then finally, uh, uh, finally I, I, uh, Jake Shields versus Lombard, who you like? God, I mean, again, it speaks to this division. I've been a Hector Lombard fan from afar for a long time. I, I called three of his fights for Bellator in 2009, and this is the right weight class for him. It has been for a long time, and again, I, I put him in that Woodley class of athlete where there's really not a lot they can't do. You know, they can strike with power. They can strike with volume. They have takedown offense. They have takedown defense. Uh, they got submission D. They can lock you in a choke or two, so... I like Hector Lombard despite Jake Shields' momentum. And for me, Jake Shields is, you know, one of the winningest great fighters of all time. I just don't like this matchup for him Saturday. Well, I agree with all your picks. Thank you, John Anik. Uh, you, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's an honor to have you on. And uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. I appreciate you having me, bro. Keep up the good work. We'll be listening. Take care. All right, that was John Anik. I like that. He's, what a good guy, man. All these, there's not a person that have come on the show that I don't like better after I talk to him. Maybe because they come on the show, but uh, I, there's, there, really, I mean, come on. John Anik, class act. I, mean, I, I agree with all his picks, too. I, I, I do. 
I'm, I'm, you know, also, yeah, it's it's hard because Lombard's a friend of the show, and I, I want Lombard to win because I, I I love when he calls in. I, I like Hector Lombard. Tough fight. Jake Shields is it's gonna be tough. All right, so our next guest is the World Series of Fighting champion. He's the champ. Uh, he just beat Lance Palmer. Uh, this guy hasn't lost in like five years. He's. Uh, I was doing some research. Interesting guy, Georgie Karakanya. Am I saying that right, Karakanya? Uh, not really. All right, th- tell me exactly <laughs> how to say it. It's Karakanya. Karakanya. Georgie Karakanya. How's it going, brother? Good, man. How you guys doing? Good. I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Uh, congrats on on uh, winning the championship. That's awesome. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, and, and thanks for having me on the show. That was a great fight, by the way. That was a very a back and forth uh, battle. Uh, it was uh, it was close, and the fact that you that, that you tapped to undefeated Lance Palmer. Lance Palmer is a very highly touted prospect. I mean, he's you know people were saying he's or they are saying he's like one of the next big things, and, and you tapped him. So. Uh, you must be very proud of yourself, man. Yeah, it, it was a good fight. Uh, uh, he, he's a, he comes from a good camp, and I knew it was going to be a tough fight, uh, but I think it was just a little too soon for Lance to fight me. Yeah, I mean, you've had a lot of experience. I was uh, looking at your... Uh, I, was, I was reading up about you. Now, you were raised in, in, in Moscow, correct? That's correct. Now, uh... How did, by the way, how, what do you think of the whole Russia-Ukraine situation right now? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, I don't uh, watch a lot of news. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I kind of know what's going on there. Yeah. And uh, it, it just sucks. It's, it's, it's not good, you know. All right, so, so so your comment is it sucks. All right, thanks. Uh, now that whole <laughs> now your 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 father your father was a, a a black belt in karate and a sambo expert, and I I read that you had your first full contact fight at eight years old. Uh yes yes I was I was eight years old and uh, um, that's when I had my first fight. <laughs> um, I mean of course I had shin guards, but it was just a it was, it was a good fight. Is that legal? I mean, is that is that a popular eight year old? I never heard of eight year old MMA. Is that is what the hell's going I on? I don't. I don't think it was legal back then. I think it was <laughs> illegal. Uh, I think my dad was just doing it. I don't know, man. I think it's crazy. He was just doing it to see how well I'll do or not. I mean, did you get paid in Gerber's or, or like baby food? I, I don't. I don't understand how. I mean, what what exactly do you win if you're eight years old and you beat somebody up? That's that's insane. Uh, I, I I got a, a little trophy. A little trophy? That's good. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so so you won. So you you were the undefeated eight year old champion in uh, Ukraine. <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you you were also a, a, a pro soccer player in Spain and Russia. Uh yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, that was that was fun. Uh, it, of course, in Russia, it wasn't fun when I was playing soccer. It was too cold. You know, some days you don't want to train, but uh, the coaches are so strict there that, uh, you know, you got to do what they tell you to do. And um, uh, but, but he helped me, too. You know, he made me mentally tough. But um, I think the fun times that I had was in Spain, uh, playing soccer out there. That was a cool feeling, especially going watching uh, my favorite team, Barcelona, play. So I had fun. I mean, you must have been some athlete. I mean, that, to be to be a professional soccer player in Spain. I mean, that's 
That's that's very impressive. Uh, I mean, the fact, I mean, you had a crazy childhood. So, I mean, you're eight years old, you're fighting full contact, then you're playing pro soccer. Did, did, you, get, did you get a chance to be a kid at all, or was just, you were just a professional athlete at age seven? No, I, uh, you know, I get to play around. I was, most of the time I was out on the streets with my friends playing around. Uh, I didn't play that much video games. I was just outdoors all the time, uh, playing, getting in trouble, breaking people's windows and throwing rocks and throwing ninja stars at my friends. And actually one of my friends actually got messed up because I hit him right in the eye and uh, we had to pay for his surgery and it was just a mess, man. Wait, can we, let's, let's go back there for a second. Uh, you had a Chinese ninja star and you threw it at your friend's eye? Yeah, because, uh, you know, when you're little, you do crazy, stupid shit. And he was holding holding the cardboard and he told me, let's see if you could uh, throw the, the star and go through it. But he was holding it and he was holding it right in front of his face. So when I threw it, it went through the cardboard and he just started crying. And when he dropped the cardboard, I just thought it. The star just stuck in his eye. So then the guy's walking around with a star in his eye, gushing blood yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, as soon as I saw that, I took off. I just went home. I took off. I bounced home. Um, and then the mom showed up in my house with the with my friend, and his eye was all just bleeding, and it, it was a big mess. Sounds like a good time, man. Sounds like you guys are pretty bored in Russia if uh, you're professional fighting and then throwing stars at each other's eyes. Uh, but... <laughs> Now, now, as as far as fighting goes, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I was looking at your thing. You're on, on a, you're currently on a nine fight winning streak, uh, but you you fought some of the best guys. You fought Joe Warren, who uh, is is one of the best you know wrestlers in MMA. Uh, and then you lost to Patricio Ferrer, who uh, is you know another guy's you know top ten fighter. Um, now, those losses. How do those losses affect you? I think those those losses made me uh, what I am right now. I think uh, those losses helped me in my career. And um, I just look at them in a positive way. I mean, back then, especially Joe Warren lost, I was really mad at myself. I was like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna let this midget hit me. And, you know, he ended up taking me down and uh, beating me. And, um, you know, that was pretty hard. So I started wrestling a lot. And then uh, Patricio fight. Uh, you know, I, I worked on my stand-up a lot. You know, at the end of the day, I, I any loss you get in MMA, you should look at it in a positive way because you just learn from that. If you don't learn from that, then I don't think you should fight anymore. Yeah. Now, did you call Joe a midget during his fight? The fight with him? Uh, I think I think the weight because, you know, he likes to play head games, and this is back, what was it, this is 2010, yes, this like four years ago, and I was like, He's making me mad, and then I called him midget a few times. But I, but I saw him. I saw him like what, seven months ago. We're cool. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, you're on a nine-fight winning streak. Uh, you know, you should be a lot more popular than you actually are. It just shows how far MMA has to go because you're a guy who's a champion. You just beat Lance Palmer. You, you won nine fights in a row. And uh, you have less than three thousand followers on Twitter, and this is bullshit. We got to get we, we we have to build we have to build you up, man. This is uh, this is this is this is not good. This is a, this is a travesty, actually. You should you should be. I know, man. Are you, I mean, I, go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up my mouth like that, uh, Connor, whatever Conor McGregor. Yeah. I'm gonna start talking like him because he's really good at that. 
I mean, does that bother you a little bit that you're like, man, what do I have to do to get some recognition? Uh, you know what? I'm a different, I, I like to, I, I rather have money in my bank account than uh, have a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand followers on uh, Twitter. Uh, you know, to me, it's as long as I get paid when I work, I'm good. But, you know, you have some fighters that do this to be famous. So I'm just, I'm just letting my hard work do all the talking, all the work. Yeah, no, it seems that way. But uh, it seems like maybe you could be more vocal, though. Maybe you could, you know, or like hire somebody. Hire, hire, hire me. I'll like write your jokes for you or something. We gotta. Done deal. We have. We, we definitely have to get. It. Yeah, we gotta make fun of. We, we have to get you more popular. This is bullshit. You're the champion. People should know who you are. Um, now you're also. Uh, before we go, you're also a vegetarian. Yes. Now, is there a reason that you just don't eat? You like love animals, or what's the what's the reason behind this? Well, at first, I did it to see how my body feels and stuff like that. And then that's when I got really deep into it. I did some research, uh, Peter Vigio's, uh, talking to friends, talking to Mac Danzig, uh, Jake Shields. And, uh, you know, and then I, I got really into it. And, you know, right now I'm doing it for both just health reasons, uh, you know, because I care about animals too. And, you know, I feel good being a vegetarian. Good. That was very nice of you. Now, uh, another thing. Now, when you now when you beat Waylon Lowe, right? Now you knew that Waylon. Yeah. Now Waylon had some kind of. Uh, now Waylon didn't Waylon sue uh, some kind of sex toy company because his penises weren't his penis didn't work after a while or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you? Actually, ma- <laughs> it was funny because uh, he didn't make weight and. Uh, he was, he stepped on a scale, he was 0.4 over, and, uh, you know, any fighter that's overweight, even a pound, they try to pick up their underwear so they can make that weight, and the commission was telling them, take off your underwear, but he wouldn't take off his underwear, he's like, no, I don't want to take it off, he's like, no, take it off, so finally, they made him take off his underwear, I, I, I didn't look, but my, my corner looked, and... From what he said, he said he didn't look that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like his penis was broken. He was he sued a Kama Sutra gel company for making it that his penis didn't work anymore, right? Or like, it like burned off his cock or something, or something happened. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And then you, you like, did you actually t- ask him about that? You're like, listen, man, you know, was that part of your fodder as far as getting into his head? Like, <laughs> just so you know. I no, no, no. I was being, you know what. Leading up to any fight, I'm very respectful to uh, my opponent. Unless they start talking shit to me, then I'll talk shit back. But he was cool, and I was cool to him. I didn't, I didn't want to even talk about him because I know the guy's probably embarrassed. Uh, well, I wasn't that embarrassed. He like told TMZ about it, so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's true. That's yeah. So, is there anything that you want to promote, or how can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, well, maybe uh, after this, I'll have. 40,000 followers. Yes. Uh, well, my Twitter my Twitter is at Georgie MMA. Uh, Instagram, Georgie MMA. And uh, if you guys have any questions or I, I could answer any question, I'm always, I'll answer on the Twitter. Well, dude, well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Love to have you back on anytime. Oh, by the way, who do you, who do you want to fight next in the uh, World Series of Fighting? Uh, any Anyone that's, you know, they give me. I don't. I don't pick my opponents. I never chose my opponents all my life in my career, and 
whatever they give me. All right. So whoever they put in front of you. Well, thank you, George, and uh, have a great week, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. That was George. Man, what a, what a nice guy. What a tough guy, man. I mean, yeah. eight years old, fight club. He fought at eight years old. You were outside when he, uh, he, um, he got into a fight. Uh, they made him fight at eight years old for trophies in, in, uh, in the uh, Ukraine. That's crazy. That is that's one of the craziest. Tough, tough guy. Tough guy. Tough upbringing, right? Yeah, God. I thought I had it rough. All right. Well, that was our podcast for today. Um, what a great one. We're recording two of them this week. So I got, uh, we have uh, the Jade next Bryce. one. We have Jade Bryce coming in the studio. I want to thank everybody for coming on. Uh, thank you, Nam Fan. Great guy. Thank you, Ryan Couture. Another great guy. Thank you, Juliana Pena. Another great guy. <laughs> She's fantastic. She's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> I hope she gets better. She seemed like she was in uh, interesting spirits. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but I-, I love having Juliana on. Yep. And she's a, she's a cool chick. And she's tough. Jesus, she's tough. Uh, and thank you, John Anik, for being on the show. Yeah. So T-Rex has to get out of here because uh, he has to um, – his, his uh, wife's pregnant with her 11th kid. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, T-Rex. Thank, uh, Jake Ellenberger, congrats on your brother having a, a baby. Try um, to get laid, Jake, you hump. Your brother's wife having a baby. Uh, he's in Omaha uh, and in Nebraska. Hump so, a buffalo if you have to. So we'll have Jake in next week. And um, thank you guys very much. And uh, you can follow me at MMA Roasted or at adamhunter.com. I'll be performing at the University of, actually, the Rochester Institute of Technology. RIT, baby. RIT, this Saturday night. I'm at RIT. If you're in New York, uh, that's where I will be. T-Rex, where are you going to be? I'll be at the uh, Ha Ha Cafe this weekend, Friday and Saturday night. And uh, you can check me out, uh, toddrex.com, uh, Todd Rex Twitter, or Todd Rex on Facebook. And DJ Shrope. Thank you, DJ Shrope. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Fox Sports. Uh, take care. Have a good week. Right. Later.